Hey, hiring managers. Reopening your small business and rebuilding your team can be tricky when 64% of furloughed workers don't plan to return to their previous employer. If your workers don't come back, Snagajob is here to help. Use snagajob.com to handle your rehiring with access to 47 million hourly workers looking for service industry jobs like yours. You'll save 25% each month with promo code podcast. Start hiring at snagajob.com today. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. Ctmobile.com. Los Angeles, California. It is time for Challenge Mania Live to return to Southern California. And we heard you. This time, we're not coming back to the Brea Improv, even though that's a great club. We're coming back to the heart of Hollywood, California. The Hollywood Improv on Saturday, June 22nd. We're bringing with us MTV legends Veronica Portillo and Alton Williams. That's right. We found Alton. And also, NFL All-Pro linebacker and Champs versus Pros alum Sean Merriman. That's right. Lights out in the house as well. What a panel we'll have on stage at the Hollywood Improv on Saturday, June 22nd with myself and Derek. It's a 3 p.m. meet and greet and a 5 p.m. live show. And you can get tickets to all of it at challengemania.la. We will see you in Hollywood on Saturday, June 22nd. All right. What's up, everyone? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. You heard it. This episode is brought to you not only by Challenge Mania Los Angeles taking place at the Hollywood Improv on June the 22nd. Tickets available at challengemania.la. But it's also brought to you by Challenge Mania Denver. That's right. We're coming to the Mile High City first. That is on Saturday, June the 8th. And you can get tickets to that at challengemania.live. But you didn't come for me. You didn't come for live date information. Well, maybe you did. You came for D. So on the line right now, he's the man who single-handedly jinxed the Philadelphia 76ers who are now out of the playoffs thanks to Kawhi Leonard and his last second shot, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. It's the Daenerys to your dragon. It's the mountain to your hound. Well, okay, you're making some Game of Thrones analogies there. I don't want to scare anybody. We're going to talk Game of Thrones in the outro. No Game of Thrones spoilers. Those weren't spoilers, but no Game of Thrones spoilers here, folks. It's the Jamie Lannister to your Cersei. These don't, these don't spoil anything. These are just, he's just yelling out names, folks. He's yelling out names, trying to deflect. He doesn't want to admit that he single-handedly cost Jimmy Butler and his 76ers a shot at the, uh, Easter Conference Finals the other day when you said it's that you It's the were Tyrion to your Aria. Aria? Really trying to segue away from this? You jinxed the Philadelphia 76ers, Listen, D. That bounce was insane. Why? Yeah. Cause I, I put out a tweet when, uh, when Jimmy Butler had that steal and scored to tie it up with four seconds left. Well, no, it's cause on the podcast last week, you said you were pulling for the Sixers when I said I was pulling for the Nuggets, who ironically are also out. Oh, we both, we, we both, both we did them. the double, the double jinx and they're both gone. Uh, as are double the Avalanche. Point. I said I was rooting for the Avalanche in the NHL. Yeah, they're gone too. So. Should we root for the opposite teams that we want to win in the final four here? Yeah, I think we should just quit uh, picking teams that we're rooting for uh, at all. I think we should just be like, guys, we're just going to appreciate the game as a whole. Uh, we're just going to watch some uh, good playoff basketball here on out. 
How about BJ Penn and Clay Guida? I saw you put that tweet up and I was like, wait, what? That really happened? They were on uh, in the prelim. It's funny. BJ Penn, one of the most storied MMA fighters of all time, definitely at the trail end of his career here. He is not going out in style. He's lost, I think, seven or eight in a row. Clay eight. Guida, yeah, eight in a row. Clay Guida also, I think, you know, five years past his prime here. Uh, but they fought on ESPN in the pre ESPN ESPN in the prelims on Saturday, and uh, I actually didn't end up catching the fight, but Clay Guida Listen. winning the uh, the decision there. Yeah, but back in the day, like. Clay Guida wasn't even in BJ Penn's league. Clay Guida like, was always just like a gunner who would put on a good fight, really got close to being at that apex level, main evented a few smaller shows. I saw him main event. Has, saw... has he been in the top 10? You know, yes, I mean, how... 100%. Yeah, he was the top, okay. he was the top five ish lightweight around like 2012 ish. I remember I saw Clay Guida versus Gray Maynard. I think it was headlined an Atlantic city show around then. So, but he was always putting on good fights, never won the big one, but he was probably ranked around fifth, uh, around, like I said, 2012, around the time BJ Penn was coming down. Always a fan favorite. Clay Guida. Always a banger. Um, fighter. Yes. That would have been a great fight. Like circa 2012 would have been an awesome fight. Clay Guida in his prime. BJ Penn slightly past his prime. That would have been a, a money fight in 2012. 2019, not so much. I uh, heard it was a bad one. How about Dude. Rose? How about Thug Rose getting dropped on her neck? You saw that? Yeah, I just saw the, I, you know, it's not one of those fights that I ordered. I would, if I know, had known BJ Penn and Clay Guido were the fights. That was on ESPN. That was on ESPN. Yeah. I know. But the first fight, like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I I missed it. I thought it was going to be like the last one on the prelims. It was like the first one. So I missed it. Yeah. BJ Penn was one of my favorite fighters growing up. You know what I mean? So it's like it's I sad to see BJ what it, Penn what versus Jens Pulver at Mohegan Sun circa like 2000, 2000 or 2001. It was like UFC. I don't even want to know what number it was. It was like less than 40. Um, if you are an MMA fan, you know how long ago that was. But yes, sad that some of these guys do not have the uh, the most graceful exit strategy yeah. for mixed martial arts. Anderson Silva, another guy, obviously. Uh, GSP announcing he was retired earlier this year. I mean, that's a smart move. It's not not everybody has that luxury. Not everybody uh-huh. has the the luxury of a graceful transition into broadcasting nope. like uh, Michael Bisbing or Daniel Cormier, as we can expect yeah. here. Um, Tyron Woodley. A yep. lot of these guys have to keep fighting, unfortunately. But you guys didn't and- turn in tune into MMA mania. Sorry. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. But so Go we, Cowboy Cerrone. You know, Go Cowboy Cerrone. Um, you guys didn't turn in, tune in for Game of Thrones Mania, but we will talk a little bit about these two last episodes in the outro. You guys tuned in for Davon Rogers, all right? Now, I'm sure we have quite a few new earballs on this episode. I had a couple people that were kind of trying to uh, pull my leg a little bit saying, oh, well, I guess I have to listen to Challenge Mania now. That's how popular Davon is, D. We got people listening to this episode that probably don't even listen to Challenge Mania normally. So hopefully we can win a few of them over. Um, you heard me mention it, guys. We come to your city. We are coming to Hollywood, California on June the 22nd. We're bringing Veronica Portillo. We're bringing Alton Williams. And we're bringing Sean Merriman. That's right. Lights out Sean Merriman, former all-pro linebacker who made an appearance on Champs versus Pros. He still loves the challenge. He can't wait to meet you guys and talk to you guys about it. Talk to us and Veronica and Alton. You can get tickets for that show and the meet and greet at challengemania.la. That's on June 22nd. But first, we're coming to the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado, and that's on June 8th. What's awesome about this weekend... We've got more than just a live show planned. So if you buy the meet and greet ticket to Denver, not only do you get the meet and greet, the pre-show meet and greet over at the Denver Improv, and you get to meet Kellyanne and Nehemiah, myself, Derek, not only do you get the live show that's going to kick off right after the meet and greet, but if you get the VIP meet and greet ticket, 
we have an after party plan, but you have to have the meet and greet ticket to be invited to the after party. And then the next day, not only do you get to work out with D and Emily Schramm at Platform Strength in Denver. That's right. The gym that Emily has opened in Denver. After that, we will have a brunch to celebrate, enjoy, even if you don't take part in the workout, if you just want to come and watch the workout and then have some brunch. All that will be included for the price of the meet and greet ticket, but we have less than 20 of those tickets left, D, at ChallengeMania.live. So if you want to come be a part of this Challenge Mania weekend-long extravaganza, ChallengeMania.live. Don't wait. And remember, if you just want to come and check out the show, General Missions will be call it 30 bucks to come check us out you have a waiter or waitress get some food get some drinks enjoy challenge mania live challenge related conversations all afternoon on saturday june 8th go to challengemania.live um just want to drop that info because as i said we have a lot of new listeners this episode davon rogers arguably one of the most popular cast members on big brother ever on the challenge this year coming on the heels of a great run she was known as the killing floor queen, I believe, by the end of this season. She just went home last week. Perfect week to talk to Davon. I'm excited. I'm fired up. You know that gif of Davon walking out when she was evicted on Big Brother that everybody uses with her walking out and shaking her hair and smiling and walking out? That's me walking into the office today to record this podcast. That's how pumped I am, D. Yeah, I'm pumped too. I'm pumped too. I'm, I wonder how, how she's going to respond to my antics of earlier in the year when we, you know, when it was just Davon Army versus the D team bombers. I wonder, I wonder if she hates me, Scott. Before, yeah, I'm, I'm, look, there is a better than 50% chance that you ruin this within five minutes and she gets off the phone because she's annoyed. So yeah. let's try to tone it down. I don't know if you guys know last year there was a little bit of an incident. Devon got rumblings that we were maybe, you know, taking her, her name down into the mud on this podcast. Complete and utter BS. That's not what happened. But sometimes when you take clips out of context, they could be misused. And some people might have pulled like the wrong sentence that came out of D's mouth. And she wasn't really happy with us for a few hours, for a few days, but she is nice enough to join us today, and I think you and I have what it takes to win her back, D. What do you think? Let's find out. Let's find. Out. Hopefully, hopefully, all the all the uh, you know all the new people listening and didn't just like you know click off of this right there. Well, they so. probably I think minute two or three of the MMA chat they were like, "Is this the right podcast?" And now yeah. they're searching again. They're probably back. They realize this is Challenge Mania. We're just two knuckleheads who like UFC too much. So I don't want to take up too much of your time in this in in this intro. I do want to get to Davon, but I can't. I would be remiss if I didn't remind you if the, that if you do want to hear us break down last week's episode of War of the Worlds, where Paulie went home, where Davon went home, go to Patreon.com/slash/Challenge Mania. If you're a Maniac level patron, you will get our bonus content every week including the war room most of the time it's just me and d but sometimes we have a guest on to break down the episode with us recently we had tony rains belinda collins jasmine raynaud last week we had us weekly's emily longaretta who's always a fantastic guest we went almost two hours with her i think we went over two hours we broke down avengers endgame at the end of the episode we even talked a little bit of teen mom then after that we also posted a bonus mark long interview when we hit a threshold over at the patreon we wanted to thank you guys so we had you guys vote in a poll challenge veterans that had been on our podcast before we said we will do an exclusive interview that will only live here on patreon.com slash challenge mania you guys voted for the godfather himself mark long so we taped about an hour and 45 minutes with mark that's all over there as well if you want to hear that and then first time d we get begged every week. People are begging. They're saying, hey, I've never been to a Challenge Mania Live. I want to see what it's like. I want to hear what it's like. Hey, you guys haven't come to my city. I haven't been able to make my schedule work. Can you please post these shows on the internet after the fact? No, we don't want to do that because we want you guys to know that the only way you get this content is by being in the room and watching us on stage. But a year has gone by since our first appearance at Caroline's on Broadway last
last June. So I thought, all right, it might be time to release a little bit of that show just to give you guys a taste and an extra thank you to our patrons. So live now at Challenge Mania's Patreon, patreon.com slash Challenge Mania, you can hear the first 35 minutes of us on stage at Caroline's on Broadway from last year's debut show. Mark Long was our guest. Emily Schramm was our guest. Darrell Taylor was our guest. The clip you will hear, it's our intro. It's got me and D telling a story he's never told on a podcast, and we bring out Mark Long for a little bit. 35 minutes of Challenge Mania Live, available to Challenge Mania Maniac patrons over at patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. We have so many patrons to thank, D. I'm going to do it at the end of this podcast, in the outro. Again, I don't want to alienate the new listeners. As I said, tune into the outro to hear your shout-out if you're a new patron. Tune into the outro if you want to hear us break down Game of Thrones. I just want to shout out one specific patron. We've got a little maniac. Want to shout out his name is Aiden. He's an eight year old. He's a challenge maniac. I just want to shout him out. And again, here's the other news I want to give you guys. There are new pins coming. We had an exclusive pin by Zombie Sailor that went up at zombiesailor.com. It sold out in three days. It was the Challenge Mania logo. We have a new pin coming. It's going to be a, I'm a Challenge Maniac pin, and it's coming soon. It will be limited and numbered to a hundred. Signed by me and D. Stay tuned for those patrons will have their first crack then you guys will have them remember continue to check challengemania.shop that's where we release new merchandise almost every week we've been slacking but we are coming with some new designs including some killer cam gear that's right queen cam killer cam no matter what side of cam you like you will be well represented in the challengemania.shop check it this week cam gear is cam gear cam gear is on the horizon d yeah Welcome to the Pod Squad, Aiden. Welcome to the Pod Squad, Aiden. The rest of you guys, tune into the outro for your shout-outs. Tune into the outro for your Game of Thrones commentary. But now we have to get to Ms. Davon Rogers, D. You can be on your best behavior. What do you think? I mean, you're just gonna have to keep listening to find that out, Scott. Without further ado, remember, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Shot of Jaeger. He's at Derek MTV. Follow us on Instagram. I'm at Scott of Jaeger. He is at Derek MTV. If you want to let Davon know that you heard her on the show, she's at Day Davon underscore on Twitter. Let her know you heard her on Challenge Mania. Always hashtag Challenge Mania. And remember, we're on Facebook too, facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. Without further ado, folks, the standout. I'm going to say it. The standout on the killing floor this season, War of the Worlds. Davon Rogers. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line right now might be our most anticipated guest of this year, at least. She is a two-time Big Brother participant and now a two-time Challenge participant. Miss Davon Rogers is on the phone. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm ready to get this interview up and going. It's, it's time. Love it. <laughs> it's time. Hey, uh, before, before we get started, I have to, I have to say, uh, say a few things to Davon. First and foremost, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Second, I'm hearing it's your birthday or today, yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So we, we actually get Dave on on Mother's Day and birthday and coming <laughs> off an incredible challenge season. As though, right? Well, don't act like it's a coincidence, guys. Everyone's been wondering, when are you going to have Devon? When are you going to have Devon? Devon and I have been talking about this for a year. We were waiting for the Mother's Day birthday combo to have her on. That's why it took so long, everybody. Thirdly. <laughs> 
Thirdly, I'd like to apologize to Dave on on how we kick things off in the Twitter sphere. Um, I'm very good at making very bad first impressions. So uh, thanks again for uh, coming on here and joining us today. Nah, you solid. One thing about me, I don't hold on to a grudge. You talked your shit, I talked mine, and we was done. It was it. Like, that was it. And, you know, and, no, it seemed like... It seemed like we, like, there was a mis- miscommunication, I felt like, and then we, we exchanged a few words, and then it was like the Davon Army versus whoever, <laughs> wh- whatever I called the Derek, the, the, I don't even know what to call my squad, um, came, and they just like, it was like Game of Thrones, like, it was like last night's episode. And then um, once, once the dust settled, me and you were still alive. Right, right. Slave by Nation came for your ass, huh? <laughs> well, what's interesting about what happened there is, and I even told Derek, I go, this is why you got to get better with your segues, because we were having a conversation about just, uh, I think, I think we were having a conversation about you and Sylvia, and then Derek right. pivoted to a larger discussion about how to handle players who play like bullies in the game. But because he never said, guys, enough with the conversation about Davon, moving on to this topic, everyone kind of thought, oh, did he just called Davon a bully, and when you yeah. cut it into a nice little forty-five second clip and post on Twitter, it did kind of sound like he called you a bully. So yeah. you know, as you mentioned, the Slave on Nation is out there saying, "I don't listen to this podcast. I don't know who Derek <laughs> is, but it sounds like he's talking about my girl." Oh hell no! Is what happened. Uh, love- <laughs> Meanwhile, our our listeners, the Challenge Maniacs, their defense is sort of like, "Oh no, no, no! You should listen to the whole episode. You should listen to the podcast." And everyone's like, "Wait a minute!" So to get your point, I have to listen to an hour and a half long podcast and subscribe <laughs> to something on iTunes. No, I'm just gonna hate on you guys. How about that? Right, right, right. I'm just talking my shit and going about my business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing, Davon. They, they never put me on reality TV in the first place because I came up with with smart things to say. They put me on because I say dumb shit all the time and it's usually by accident <laughs> well we done all got cast for the same show so it's we all right there in that same boat well now that it's all water under the bridge and we have you here we love we love to get people's casting story the inception for how they became one of the cast members that we know and love not just on the challenge but in your instance big brother because that was your initial entrance into reality television so how did you get picked how did you decide you wanted to be on tv walk us back to the pre-cbs version of dave on Oh, man. So um, I was a poker dealer, dealing poker. And Big Brother was one of my grandmother's favorite shows. And she used to always call me, you know, Davon, did you see episode? And we would always talk about it. And so she would always tell me, Davon, you should go audition. And I'm like, Granny, they ain't finna cast no little black girl from Inglewood. I ain't never seen me on there. Like, never. And so she's like, no, just trust me. Just try. Just try. And I never did. So she passed away in 2014. And when she passed away, the last episode of Big Brother 16 had came on and they had that, are you outgoing? Are you spontaneous? Are you this? Are you that? And I'm watching the episode crying because, you know, my granny gone, so I'm bawling. But then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it for her. So I went to the open call and when I went there, literally, they asked me one question and before I knew it, I was getting a call saying you made it to the next round and then the next round and then the next round. And before I knew it, I was walking in the house. What was that one question? 
they asked me, so it was, um, they called us in. It was a group of us there and it was one guy in our group. And so they asked everyone, they said, well, if you could evict anybody in this circle, who would it be? And so nobody said my name, but when they came to me, I said, oh, I'm going to evict him. And so the, um, casting director was like, well, why him out of everybody here? I said, cause he's the only one who didn't speak to me. He rude. And so from there, Moving forward, it was just a go. Like, that's literally <laughs> all I said. That was it. That's all I said. Wow. That's great. It's funny that, you know, on the challenge, you know, your your regular day job doesn't really come into play. In fact, I like to say that the challenge gods like to pretend that challengers exist in this weird fake world where all they do is participate on the challenge and then go home and train and then come back and be on the challenge. But in Big Brother, it's the opposite. They love using your day job, which in your instance was a poker dealer, as like a way to tell your story, particularly in your first season. So did right. they like that? Did they like the idea that you could use like analogies like reading people at a poker table, that whole thing? Yeah, they loved all that. They loved that I was a poker dealer, and they also loved that I was a single mom. Like, the fact that I was a mother, like, was their thing. So I noticed every time I was going from round to round to round, they were like, yeah, so tell us about your daughter, and tell us the struggles of being a single mother. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. It's going to make me sad. But they like, you know, this is, these are the things that we want to hear. So I continuously talked about that, and I continuously talked about, you know, my grandmother loving the show, and me being a super fan of the show, because I became a super fan of the show as well. I've seen from season one all the way to the current. So it's like, like, you know, it was just it just flowed. It just moved and it was able to work in my favor. But definitely the poker thing, because, you know, I told them, I said, I'm a poker dealer, which means I'm a poker player, which means I know how to lie, a.k.a. bluff. I can do that very well. So it all worked in my favor. Yeah. You know, um, on the show, I, I like to refer to you guys, us, mainly you guys, uh, since I'm not in there as often. Um, I, I like to I like to refer to you guys as, as superheroes. Doesn't that that poker uh, that, that poker story reminds you a little bit of Gambit, Scott. Could she be like a female <laughs> Gambit? Do you even yes. know who Gambit is, Davon? <laughs> I don't know who Gambit is. Gambit is awesome. And there is no female Gambit. No, there's not. I'm going to have to look up Gambit. Gambit's a sexy man. He was definitely misused in the movies, but in the cartoon, he was always my favorite. He was like from New Orleans or something. He spoke Cajun and he threw poker cards at people. He had like magical poker cards. And he always okay. said, always said like Mona Me was his, he always called people Mona Me, which is like, I guess like a French term of endearment. So yeah. And I think the rumors were they're making a new movie where Channing Tatum is going to play him, but now that's kind of fallen by the wayside. But yeah, if you're going to be compared to a male superhero, Gambit's a good one. I'd say, yeah. Okay. Well done. Have to dude. look that up. Have to look that up. And I, I got to throw a little bit of love to the grandmas out there too, because I'm a I'm a big mom guy, I'm a big grandma guy. I'd love to hear more about your daughter Cadence and 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 all that. You know, I know you don't sound like you don't like to talk about it, but I come from uh, you know, I, I've been I'm divorced for like I don't know three years three years now or something like that. I've got a ten year old. Um, it's always you know it difficult to you know you don't know how much you want to throw your little dude out there in, in in the world and you know we haven't i feel like uh, you know for for Davon we haven't actually seen like a, a picture of Cadence on the show or you guys doing anything you know we know CT gets his like you know uh, uh, you know we we had we got his kid on the on the wedding special and all that you know <laughs> i got yeah. i got pictures here and there i think we've seen Darrell's kids but i don't think we've seen Davon a little girl on uh on the show yet but i'd love to hear a little bit about her and and you know you know life life with her and, and stuff like that um my son actually has a uh, uh flag football championship game tonight uh he plays for the raiders and if they win this will be his first championship and i'm so excited davon i can't even tell you 
I know that's right. I already know what that feel like. I already know what that feel like. That feeling of my baby. My baby is doing it. I already know. Is uh so how old is she? So Cadence will be five November twenty first. I mean when you, you know, started doing these shows and you went on Big Brother, uh we got this question uh about how you were able to explain to her where you were going, what you were going to do. I mean, a lot of people do, you know, go away for extended periods of time. Most of those people don't have the luxury of whoever's, you know, watching their son or daughter at the time could say, Oh, you want to see mom here? Let's put on channel two. Uh, how did you wow. handle that? You know, was there, did you allow her to watch either before, after or during? Um, and you know, how did you kind of introduce the concept of, you know, mommy's going away for a little bit, but I'll be back. And you can also kind of check on, in on me a little bit. So here's the thing with Big Brother. Big Brother is live. Okay. So she was watching I, with my mom. I, my mom had her watching like every week with her. But when I first did my very first season of Big Brother, my daughter was seven months. So right. there was no explaining like, oh, mommy's going to go do this. It was just she was she went to sleep when they came and got me. Uh, it was all filmed on um the first episode of Big Brother. They came and got me. She was sleeping. And then when she woke up, she was with my mom. Now, my mom is her other comfort zone. You know what I mean? That's her grandmother. So that's her other comfort zone. So while I was gone now, my first season, I was only gone for two weeks. I was eliminated second. So, I mean, I was evicted second. So I was only gone for two weeks. So even with that, being away for that two weeks. That was hard. That was difficult because, I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand that I'm a mother, like a for real mother. I don't have a nanny. Like I'm a hands on mother. And I know it's difficult for the dads as well when they leave and go do these shows, too. But I carried my daughter for 10 months, one week, went through 36 hours of labor, pushed her out for 20 minutes and did all of that with no epidural. And from that day to this, she has always been in my presence. Like, that's my baby. You know what I mean? So any time away from her is hard. Like going on these shows and doing this stuff, I'm that person that goes on, not for the fame. I don't care about camera time. If you watch the episodes, you see I'm constantly running from the camera. I'm barely in any scenes. The only time you really see me is my confessional or if the camera pans to me to get my facial expression. But I'm not there for that. I'm literally there for the coin to bring home to my child. So every day that I'm away from her, it's almost like jail. I take my little calendar and I'm Xing off the days one by one, like this many days until I get back to my baby. That's the focus. It's hard. It's hard. You know, it's, it's really hard being away from her. And then how old was she your your second go around with Big Brother? I did it the next year. So she was a Big Brother I twice? Mean, she was a yeah, she was a year, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did Big Brother two times. I did Big Brother season seventeen and I did Big Brother season eighteen. So she was a year at that time. So I'll catch D up. So D to put it in context for you. So the first season Davon did, she did with the twins who just appeared on the challenge, Liz and Julia. She's the one who figured out that yes. they were twins, right? Mm-hmm. That's the one she went home pretty early on. Then they brought Davon back as one of four returning players on a future season. That was Paulie's season of Big Brother, Natalie Negrati's season, and that's where they kind you know and developed- Jose probably. And Jose, but yeah, he, he Jose. had the, he had the Davon spot on that season. He was like second out on that season. So, um, Davon has had, I think, both experiences with Big Brother, cause correct me if I'm wrong, the second go round, you did make jury, right? Yeah, second go round. I mean, you better come on with the facts, Scott. You better come on. So, but so- I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was there. All 
all the way to the jury house. Yeah, right. that's when me and Paulie got into it in the jury house. So exactly. So the clips that you've seen of Paulie and Devon getting into it and the way that Paulie was talking to not just Devon but the other women in that jury house, that's from when they had already been evicted. And what they do is they keep them sequestered so they don't go home, they don't go on social media, they don't see all of us saying, oh, you know who's running this game? Paul and right, this and that. Right. And, and it kind of keeps you guys in a vacuum. The first go around, you got to go home, be with your daughter, go and kind of watch the season play out on TV, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, yeah, I got to watch the rest of the season because I went home super, super early, yeah. So my question, because I'm fascinated by the fact that when I watch some of these recent seasons of Big Brother, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Paul is dominating. Both seasons where he lost, I thought he was dominating. Recently, we had Tyler, I thought, dominating. And then the jury goes the other way with it. Now, to me, I'm always thinking of it as, man, they must just be pissed off that he burned so many bridges. But how much of it is that you guys aren't getting to see this thing edited? You're not seeing the confessionals where they're really letting you know all the puppeteering they're doing and stuff like that because like to me to me like i watch this i'm like how could you possibly vote for the other person having seen both sides of it having seen your season play out and follow it on social media follow it on tv and then having it where you followed it in the jury house how much really are you in the dark when it comes to what's really going on so with the more recent seasons yeah you're definitely in the dark um going back to season three um, that's how my favorite player, all-time favorite pl- player, Danielle Reyes, that's how she was robbed. They showed her confessionals, her diary room sessions to the jury, and they saw all the shit that she was talking in her diary rooms, and so they did not vote for her. You feel what I'm saying? So going into the newer seasons, going into the newer seasons, they cut that out. So when we get the footage in the jury house, you'll see us in the jury house watching. All we see is the HOH comp. We'll see the veto comp and we'll see the nomination ceremony and a veto ceremony. And then we'll see them get evicted. That's all. We don't see any gameplay. We don't see any diary room talk. We don't see none of that stuff. That's literally all we see. And then we have word of mouth. Like I was the first person in the jury house. So the next person to come in was Zakia. So the only word I had was what Zakia told me and then what Bridget told me and then so on and so forth. I only had what they were coming back telling me, plus the footage of who was winning in the competitions. That's literally all you get. Yeah, they don't really have that in in the challenge. They do have redemption houses, but that's still a part of the game. They still have crews there for the most part for like 24 hours, you know, covering that the same way they would the regular house. Whereas in the jury house, is it that they're just checking in on you for certain scenes and getting you guys to watch the HOH competitions? What is it that you're doing for the six weeks or whatever that you're stuck in that house? Oh, we was living. We was in there. I, that's that's how I started watching Game of Thrones. I started literally season one all the way. To, I think it was season six at that time. I had watched one through six inside the jury house. And then they would come, let's say, on Thursdays. They would come in on Thursdays. The camera crew would come in and they would show us um, that week's uh, eviction, the veto comp and the HOH comp. And then after that, we would sit around and talk. And then the next person who was evicted would come walking through the door. And then we would get an opportunity to talk with that person. But other than that, they had people in there with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We weren't allowed to talk about the game at all, except for when the cameras were there. Of course, we did sneak and have conversations. But for the most part, we weren't allowed to have those conversations. Like everything was real. Don't talk about this game unless the camera people are here. But when the camera people weren't there, we were just watching movies. We would play games. Um, Natalie introduced me to Cards Against Humanity. We would drink. That was it. That was it. 
Um, the second part of your quote unquote casting story is like, you know, the abbreviated version for how you get cast on the challenges. You have a couple su- successful runs on Big Brother, at least as a character. And they're like, we need to have her on the challenge. But I want to know, wh- like, at what point did the challenge get introduced to your life, whether it was as a viewer or as a fan or maybe not a fan? Was it ever something in the cards for you? No pun intended. That's a poker reference. Um, right. <laughs> or, or was it something that just snuck up on you? And as that exclusivity was ended with CBS, the challenge like, hey, you want to do this? And you were like, sure. No, like I've always been a fan of the challenge. I've always been a fan of um, the real world. I watched Road Rules. I love all that. Like Coral, the greatest to ever do it, in my opinion. I love her. You know what I'm saying? So I was always a fan of the show. Like I've always watched. And then when they reached out, well, when I saw that they reached out to Natalie and Victor for um, Vendettas, I was like, oh, okay. So now they're starting to pull people from CBS. So at that point, I know me and I know God got something with my name on it. Wherever it's going to take me, it's going to take me to what I want to do. I wanted to do Big Brother. Got it. I wanted to do the challenge. Got it. So immediately, while I was watching Vendettas, I went all the way back and started doing my studying. One thing you should know about me, the game starts with me all the time. So I went back and did all my research. All the episodes and seasons that I could watch, I watched all of them so I can study all of these players that I know are reoccurring. I want to know how you play. I want to know how you talk. I want to know your mannerisms. I want to have it locked. So when I go into this game, I know how to work you and make my way on a th- on through here. I, I got a question from a, a vet about another vet, Scott. Can mm-hmm. I punch this in? I know oh, yeah. this is normally what Scott does, but um, I recently talked to Darrell, and uh, he says – uh, he said something along the lines of, you did a great job this season. He's real proud of like how you handled yourself and everything like that. But he also asked, um, how smart is Wes? Will, will he, ev- will you ever trust or work with him in the future? In my opinion, Wes is not that smart. The people that come into the game genuinely are just that dumb. The fact that game is, uh, Wes has been playing this game the same exact way season after season after season after season. Either you came into this game and you didn't do your homework on these challenger, challengers that are coming in season after season, or you really just fall for the okie doke. And that was the problem with me and Wes. He couldn't mind F me, you know, for lack of a better phrase. He couldn't get into my mind because I already know how you play this game. I started mentally messing with Wes from the airport. Jose had already put me on, you know, he like his ego strokes. He feels like he's the vet. So, you know, he's going to want you to cater to him. So when we got to the airport, I didn't say nothing to him. I spoke to everybody except for him. I made him come to me because I knew it was going to piss him off. And I wanted to see how he reacted to it. The game was already in motion. So I wanted to see what he would do. And that kind of led to where we got to where we were on the season. <laughs> now, he mentioned that question was from Darrell Taylor. Um, I'd imagine that, you know, when you were doing your research, you might have stumbled upon a couple seasons that Darrell played in, maybe a couple seasons that Derek played in. It seems like you knew West pretty well. What seasons uh, did you watch and what players jumped out at you, whether they ended up playing with you on either Final Reckoning or War of the Worlds or not? What challengers game stood out to you for either a good reason or a bad reason? Um, I watched pretty much every season I could on the fire stick. <laughs> so I watched everyone that I could. Um, as far as like players that stood out, like I said, Cora already stood out to me. Um, I watched Shane's game because Shane is a personality and I know I'm intelligent enough to know why I got cast. And I know I wasn't winning shit in Big Brother. So I know I got cast because I'm vocal. I know I, got, I mean vocal. I know I got cast because I'm intelligent and I know I got cast because they want that Davon personality that they saw in the diary room. They wanted that. 
So I know that that's why I got cast. So I'm watching him because he's personality. I'm watching Anissa because I know she's a little monster. I'm watching Veronica because I know she's a little monster. I'm watching Darrell because he's a monster. I'm watching CT. He's a monster. I'm watching Bananas. He's a monster. I'm studying everybody. Cara, she's a monster. I'm studying her too. I'm watching everybody. I'm paying attention to everybody. You mentioned Veronica. I saw you had a, uh, a little interaction with her this past week. She said she was proud of the game you played and that you were, you know, very moved by that. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh, man, you know, that can't be just clearly based on you guys did play a little bit together on. Uh, I mean, I must have been like an episode or two on Final Reckoning. I wonder I was like, man, I wonder if Davon is a student of the challenge game that she looks up to Veronica's because no offense to Veronica. You know, her better days are are more on past seasons. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting yeah. to hear you say that. Um, you mentioned a couple other people I got to ask about because it's a natural segue here. Unlike D, I know how to make natural segues. You bring up Shane. You and him had a run in on the final reckoning. Um, yeah. You know, talk about that. Is that something that you guys have moved past? Does something like that stick with you? No, I, again, I don't hold a grudge, you know, so it happened. And we went to the reunion. We talked about it and it was good. Like on my end, there's no bad blood. Like we're not following each other on social media or nothing like that. Cause that's fake. But if I see him in public, it's like, Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? There's no, but there's no animosity. Like there's no bad blood with each other. Like it's, it's nothing like that. But yeah, I did study Shane cause I know he's a personality and I know that in this game, his personality gets him pretty far, not far, far, but it gets him pretty far. You know what I mean? So what is it about you that your personality is dragging you with these other people that these other people want to be attached to you? And then what is it about your personality that there are a lot of people who don't want nothing to do with you? Like, I'm just, I'm studying all of that. Uh, when a moment like that is, is happening, the one, the one I'm talking about where, where you guys really got, you know, hot and heavy on Final Reckoning, is, is it kind of in the back of your mind that for you at least, like that, that seemed like kind of the most tumultuous moment that you had on that season. Uh, Shane had a few more. Uh, are you thinking in the back of your mind, oh man, Shane, now this is going to be one of my moments on this season. Does it bother you to get kind of pulled into something like that? Or after the fact, are you like, you know what? I probably could have used some camera time. Maybe that was good for me. Nah, like I said, I don't care about the camera time. So even when it was over, like when the fight was over, I went in the bathroom and Jose followed me in the bathroom and I started crying. That's when I guess like in the trailer, you see me crying and I like hit the wall because I was so mad at myself that I got sucked into it. When I had that argument with Pauly, I didn't like when I came home and I watched the clip because I still haven't watched the episodes. But when I watched the clip, I felt so bad about my behavior, even though there's a ton of people that were in my corner and was like, you know, you you did what you had to do because he brought up your daughter. I still didn't like the way that I looked. And I know that there are young girls who are looking up to me and I don't want them to think that that is the way that you have to respond. There is a different way to do things. And so when I got the call for the challenge, I said, cool, like that was my last big thing that argument with Pauly. So let me go in here and just kind of like try to revamp that whole thing and let them see a different side of me. And then when that happened, it was like, damn, I fell right in. I was so mad at myself. I was so mad at myself. Because Shane, you know, it's funny, you you say the camera time doesn't mean a lot to you. And I'm not saying Shane goes about it to try to earn camera time, but Shane does kind of live and breathe off of those types of moments. So, you know, <laughs> it, you know, just the same way you might have been telling yourself, all right, maybe, you know, don't get into it, don't need to get into it. Shane is probably trying to pry those moments out of as many people as he can. I mean, right now, it's probably a good thing you're not following him on Twitter because some of his tweets lately, I feel like you can get kicked off the show just for reading them. So don't even, you know, it's probably a good move i don't know if you guys or derek i don't know if you've seen his recent tweet but uh he man's on a mission i'll say that um <laughs> 
the I've next, seen a few. The next one I want to bring I up. St- this, I st- I've steered pretty clear. Yeah, no, don't read I just it. Trust skim. me. If you want to make it on season 34, <laughs> do not even glance at his Twitter page. Um, <laughs> or create like a fake account just to read his tweets uh, if you want. So this question is from Antonio. He says, straight to business. What happened between Davon and Kara? We got this question from about a thousand people, but, uh, what's uh, the story? Sure. What's the story? Oh. You know, here's the thing. I think people are looking for this grand moment where me and Paul, uh, me and Cara have this big argument or me and Cara have these huge exchange of words or we come like it. Nothing happened like that. You know what I'm saying? And even when I came off the show and someone had asked me and let me go back even further than that. First of all, coming off the show. I didn't get on social media at all, but Cara did. And the only reason I know she did is because the very first thing she did was unfollow me on Twitter. I didn't know nothing about it because I don't pay attention to shit like that. But her fans were snitching on her. So her fans was like, oh, my God, they're, they're hitting me up, all of them. Like, oh, my gosh, Davon, uh, Cara unfollowed you. Why did she unfollow you? What happened? What did you do to her? Blah, 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 blah. Now, Cara's been in this thing for a long time. So she knows how this social media thing goes, and she knows how her fans are. She knows her fans are watching her every move. So it's almost that situation where it's like you get into it with somebody, the first one to call the cops is usually the one that the cops gravitate towards. So it's like, let me come out and let me unfollow Davon so people can think she did something to me. You get what I'm saying? So when that when that stuff was going on, I didn't do nothing for like a week. I didn't unfollow her back. I didn't do none of that stuff because that stuff is childish to me. So I get on Instagram and I'm doing a um a Q and A. Ask me anything. AMA. Sorry. Ask me anything. And someone asks me. They're like, um, Are you and Cara still friends? And I'm like, No, we're not friends anymore. And I learned we never were. That's all I said, right? And so when I said that, I said it to say during this season. I learned that Kara is a user. Kara was using me as a shield because she thought I was going to be the big bad wolf to come after all of her enemies. But once she saw that that wasn't the way I was playing this game, I was of no use to her. So she flipped her whole switch. You feel what I'm saying? And that don't bother me because it's a game. We both trying to get to that million. So whatever you do in this game, you do in this game. I really don't care. But that's a character flaw. Like, I learned on a character flaw, like, you're a user. I wasn't going to do season 33. Kara went out of her way to reach out to me and say, Devon, I need you on this season. I need you to be there. I'm team big brother now because I'm with Paulie, so I got your back. Like, what you do all of this for if when I get on the season, I make it clear that I'm not coming after Kyle because he never did nothing to me. Like, that's my friend. Whatever y'all had, y'all had. That ain't had nothing to do with me. So why is it bad that I'm never going to say his name? Then the thing with Amanda. Okay, I went into this season to make Amanda's life a living hell. Even though me and her had became friends after we got eliminated back in South Africa after 32, I still needed to make her feel how she made me feel during Final Reckoning. You know what I mean? But then when she became um, partners with Josh, All of that went out the window because Josh was my number one guy coming into this game. Josh ultimately was the one who convinced me to even do season 33. So that was my main guy. So now she, by default, becomes my number one girl because this is my number one guy. So I can't be out plotting against Amanda like that. She attached to Josh. Like, all bets are off. You know what I mean? And so I noticed with Kara... She would do little stuff like she would try to blow up on me because I was cool with Kyle. She tried to blow up because I was cool with Amanda. She got pissed and like tried to really blow up during the 
uh, Zach and Zahida, Wes and D elimination because I was rooting for Zach and Zahida. First of all, Zahida convinced Zach not to say my name. So if you think I'm not going to root for them to come back in this house, you're crazy. Like, of course, that's my roommate. That's my girl. I got her. Wes is trying to get me off this game. He got to go. And so she blew up on me so much to a point where I had to walk away. And then Paulie was like, um, Devon, you're going to have to ignore her. You know, she just really in her feelings, blah, 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 blah. But the thing that pissed me off is you didn't care about me being friends with Zach. And you didn't care about me saying anything positive to Zach until you overheard him having that conversation about you. Now that he's talked shit about you, now all of a sudden I'm not allowed to be his friend. I'm not allowed to root for him. I'm not allowed to cheer for him. I don't work like that. So I noticed that I'm only of use to her when she needs me to do something, which is cool. That's who you are as a person. Do your thing, baby. I just decided I didn't want that type of energy around me. So when I came off of the show, I never once said I disliked Kara. I never once said Kara was this, this, that, and the third. The only thing I said was I saw who she was as a person, and I made a choice as an adult to not want that type of energy around mine. Energy is contagious, and I don't want that in I'm trying to have positive vibes only around me. Kara has a very miserable, bitter, toxic energy to her, and I don't want that around me. And so they took that, and then it became, oh, they had an issue, they had a fight, and this none of that stuff happened. I just saw who she was as a person. And it's crazy because people always saying, well, can you guys just apologize to each other, blah, blah. There's nothing to apologize for. I would never tell somebody to apologize for being exactly who they are. I see who you are. I acknowledge that. I respect it. But respect me when I say I want you over there. I don't want that energy around me. And that was it. Like, there was no bad blood until after the season, until she started doing all this weird shit after the season. Now it's like, oh, there's really a problem. Because before it wasn't no problem. It was just, I don't want you around me because I don't want none of that toxicity around me. I know I'm being facetious here, but I could probably hear the collective sounds of uh, thousands of challenge maniacs nodding at once uh, listening to that. You know, (laughs) it's one of those things where, you know, we don't get to see any of that. And it's almost not even something that, you know, we obviously don't get to see it play out on social media, but we, we never get to see it play out on screen either. You guys don't necessarily have that much time going at it on screen. You, you, you mentioned a lot of it's made out of her unfollowing you, which to be honest with you, that's not even something that like shows up on like your main page. You gotta be like really digging deep to find when someone unfollows someone. Like you gotta be doing math and shit. And it's like, wait, they had, they had, they were following 612 people. Now it's 611. Who's missing? Oh, it's Dave. Exactly. Um, But that's what the fans do. Like once, the seasons are over they'll go and see because you know you don't know anything until the trailer comes out so they're digging to see what happens so they're going who unfollow who who might have had a fight with who who's not talking to who anymore let me go see this let me go see that and that's how they figure that type of stuff out i didn't know none of that until this season i'm like how the hell did y'all i didn't even know this girl wasn't following me no more like that's that's weird but again it was just confirmation because as you saw in my last um episode i gave her a hug they didn't show it but i gave her a hug she was crying she was like can you look after Polly for me. I said, we going to the hotel. Like, he good. Don't trip. Stop crying. I got him. We had a cool conversation. Like, he good. He, he's solid. You know, I got him. And I gave her a hug. I was rooting for her throughout the season. Like, all of this stuff. Again, there was no bad blood. I just didn't want her negative energy around me no more. Wes actually just texted me, so I'll, I'll ask it now. He texted me, said, have you taped with Devon yet? I said, we're literally in the process right now. He said, ask her. And I'm reading this verbatim, so... 
apologies in advance, but he said, ask her how she got last place in one endurance challenge and then first place in another. After she skirts the answer, tell her that came from Wes and then ask her if she knows what the phrase common denominator means. Do you have any idea what he's trying to get you upset about there? I have no idea. Mm, No, he's just trying to be relevant per usual. (laughs) Wes always trying to find a way to put himself in a situation that ain't got nothing to do with him. He just wants to make sure he's known in my interview. That's all. Is he talking about the one where you guys were partners? Is is that what he's saying? Yeah, he's trying to make, um, he's trying to make it sound like I won in that one competition between where we were partners, but then I turned around and lost in this one. First of all, wasn't no water in that one, wasn't no heights in that one. It was literally just me carrying stuff. And since he wants to be so relevant, let's talk about who pushed that refrigerator up the quarry because it wasn't his ass, it was my ass, and that was a whole lot of weight for our team. Let's be clear on that. That's right. Hashtag who pushed the fridge, Wes. Hashtag, Hashtag who pushed the who fridge. Because it was her. Also, I feel like maybe my TV was on the fritz, but did was Wes your partner on every elimination you won this season, or no, he wasn't, oh, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely not, absolutely not. And to be all the way honest, I mean, no shade, but facts are facts. Hell, I won a lot of them eliminations by myself too with my partner. Period. No, she kicked ass on in the eliminations. You know, that's that's that that's my area of expertise. I'd love to hear uh, how you know all those eliminations went down for her. Those eliminations were amazing. And this is why I think I'm a lot better at this game than I am at Big Brother because this is physical. Like, if you want me out of here, you got to take me out. You can't go hide in the diary room and cast a vote with Julie. Like, you really got to let me know you want out of here. And I have the opportunity to tell you I'm not going nowhere and show that to you. So doing these eliminations, listen, people, like you said earlier, people do come on this show. This is their job. So they come on this show, they perform, they either win, they go home, whatever the case may be. During off season, they're training because they're getting ready to go back to work to do this. You understand? They doing lifting, they doing all this stuff. Me, I just started going to the gym recently. I don't do all of that stuff. The most lifting I do is my damn elbow, picking up a fry, putting it to my mouth. That's me. You know, so to go into these shows, So to go in here and be with some of what's considered the best, that's why I picked somebody like Jenna. That's why I was like, okay, let's go against Leroy. You know, I know Shailene off the show. Shailene ain't soft by a long shot. By a long shot. So I was like, all right, let's do that. I beat D. Like, let's do that. So to be able to do these things against these people that are considered so strong, who actually do work out, who actually do train, I'm very proud of myself. Absolutely. All right, Maniacs, more with our guest in just a minute. I just want to take a quick second to remind you all about Poshmark. I know most of you guys already have the Poshmark app, but for those of you who don't, I can give you a second here to download it, and good. You got it? Poshmark is this amazing app where you can shop for millions of closets across America. I'm telling you, they have everything. Burberry, Louis Vuitton, Abercrombie, Syracuse gear, throwback Syracuse gear, throwback anything gear, old sports jerseys, jackets, starter jackets, whatever you want. Not only can you buy things, you can also sell things. I happen to know a guy who may have about 100 wrestling shirts that his wife might want him to start selling. Hmm. Shipping is easy for both the seller and the buyer. It's super fast shipping. And if you see something you want, you can make the seller an offer. I love this app. I'm telling you, Maniacs, you will too. The best part is just for being a Challenge Maniac, you get $5 off your first Poshmark purchase. 
Just enter the invite code CHALLENGEMANIA when you sign up. So download the Poshmark app if you haven't already, but remember, I gave you a second to do so, so you better have done it. But if you haven't yet, download it now. Use the invite code CHALLENGEMANIA and you get $5 off your first purchase. They carry things for women, men, and children. I'm telling you, you will like this app. You will get clothing mania just like we are Challenge Mania. All right. All right. That was a little corny. All right. Back to our guest. Here we go. Let's talk about that partner you had for the majority of this season. So hold on, hold yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah I, I'm not even going to ask a specific question. Just, just t- tell us about the season playing out with uh, who was probably the most notorious rookie we had on this season. He's still making headlines. Guy's not even hasn't been on the show for four weeks. People are still talking about him every day. So talk about Bear a little bit. Listen, Bear is very, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, it's so funny because. Him and Kyle were really close. So when I was going through the process, when we thought that we were going to pick them to be on our team, uh, we were going through the interview process. We thought we was doing some shit, right? Going through the interview, the interview process, um, talking to all of them, I pulled Kyle to the side. I was like, what's the deal with Bear? And he was like, oh, he won Big Brother and this, that, and the third. And he's very smart. He's intelligent. He's this. He's a fighter. He's that, that, that. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm watching his personality. One thing I said is... While everybody's doing their interviewing, that's cool. You could talk a great game. I want to see you while you're drunk. Because once I see you when you're drunk, I'll see who you really are. And are you going to piss these people off enough to want to send us home? That's what I'm paying attention to, right? So he get a little alcohol in the system. And I'm watching him. You know, he doing his thing. But at this point, he not like over the top because I guess he ain't comfortable yet, okay? So he doing his thing. And I'm just like, cool, he real social. He making all the girls laugh. And even if they partners want them out, the girls is feeling Bear. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do this thing. Now, what they did not tell me was that Bear won Big Brother by being a pain in the ass every week. They didn't tell me that he was up for nominations every single week he was up to get evicted and he just somehow made it to the end because eventually he won over their love and then that's how he won but he was doing the shit that he was doing on the challenge every week on his big brother season and so once he started like once he got into that comfort zone and he started doing his stuff i was like oh my gosh what did i just get myself into like he was a mess bear was a mess so i had to figure out a strategy that will work in our favor. I noticed that all of the people wanted him out because he was being bare, but they sympathized with me because it's like, you know, Davon, you're attached to him and blah, 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 blah. So I said, okay, cool. Davon, you're going to have to start playing good cop, bad cop. That's how, that's the only way you're going to be able to make it through. So while they was talking shit to him, remember when I went in that tribunal and I was like, listen, it's an attachment, not a reflection. All of that. Gameplay. So you know, that's the bad one. I'm the good one. Yeah, you might want to send us home, but do this solid for me. I understand y'all don't like him, but do this one for me. You know what I'm saying? And so I was just working that angle. I had to deal the cards that I had been dealt. Play the cards I've been dealt. Ironically, you got dealt a partner who's jumping through card tables, but that's another oh story. Oh my gosh. Go ahead, D. So did he eventually win your love over too? He did. He did. Uh-huh. Um, one thing I noticed about Bear with all the stuff that he was doing, this, that, and the third, I would pay attention to him. Um, we went into that tribunal, the one where him and Wes got into it, right? And D asked the question. They didn't show it, but D asked the question. She said, Davon, would you trade your partner and get another partner? At this point, I've reached my boiling point. I want his ass as far away from me as possible, right? So I was like, yeah, but what I meant by that was I'm ready to play this game alone. In Final Reckoning, I was attached to Jose. War of the Worlds, I'm attached to 
um, bear. I'm ready to play by myself. But when I said that to him, I seen this look on bear's face like, really? Like you would really get rid of me? And he got sad and I tried to hug him and he like pushed away from me. And I, when I saw that, it did something to my heart. And I was like, yo, like under all of that hell, like you really sensitive, like you really soft. Cause what I just said really just messed you up. Like Bear didn't talk to me for like a week after that. Like he, he was so affected by what I said. And then I would always watch how he would be the third wheel when it came to Theo and Ash, you know, like he wanted to be a part of that so bad, but he was always like the outsider in that. And I saw how that messed him up. Like I saw that. Then one day we were sitting down and we were talking and I was like, you know, just really tell me about you. Don't tell me about Bear from Big Brother. Don't tell me about Bear from the challenge. Like really tell me about Steven. I want to talk about Steven. And he was like, you know, I'm used to people leaving me. I'm used to people walking out on me. And when he said that, it just, that kind of won me over. And I was like, you got me. I ain't gonna leave. I ain't gonna do, you got me. Like, I got you. You got me. We solid. Bear pushed me to run and get on the treadmill. He was like, all these girls in here running. I didn't give a damn about none of that. They can run all they want to. Ain't got nothing to do with me. But he's like, get on the treadmill. Bear would make me run. Bear would make me do all type of exercises. Bear pushed me. Even on the challenge when we were up there in the, um, in the air and I had on the blindfold and couldn't see nothing, right? He said, Davon, just trust me. And so I trusted him and he just started moving. And so I was like, all right, moving forward, you take the lead and I'll follow. It was just, it went from hell to we worked that thing out. And so, yeah, by the, by, by the time he was eliminated, that was like one of my main apple scrapples. You know, you know what's interesting to me too, and why I think that he kind of won us over too, because I think at the beginning we all viewed him as being, you know, kind of a dick, you know, especially you know the you know things he was doing with you, and um, but in the end, what kind of won us over was like the the cheerleader that he became to you, um, yeah. especially in victory after you guys had won some of these eliminations, <laughs> how he run over to you and essentially like. <laughs> Lick your face like he was a little puppy dog. I think he was kissing your face at some point. He was. Like, he was. And that made me feel good because the support was there. Like, it went from, y'all saw an entire challenge. He called me worthless. He told me I didn't deserve to be there. Like, all of this stuff. Like, he talked, Bear talked to me so bad. Like, I wanted to put hands on him. Like, he talked to me so bad. But then to go from that to, you know, kissing me all over my face, telling me I'm the greatest and this, that, and the third. I don't know if he was just stroking my ego or if it, ego or if it came from a genuine place in his heart. Whatever the case may be, it felt good to see that transition in him. And I was just like, you know, wow. Like, I think, I think he started to realize above his UK alliance, I was all he had. And I think once that really hit him, like really hit him, I think that's when the shift happened. And we were able to really just vibe from there. You know, Scott, something, something happens when you're, when you're teamed up and, and you're partnered with someone and you're literally attached to the hip. Um, and, and, and your partner is the reason whether you win or lose and you, you strategically play these games or something happens with that bond. That's, it's almost like a, like a, like a never ending bond. It's like, it's like almost like, like Davon, you and Bear are always, I feel like, Everything that you guys went through, even if it was for a month, month and a half, whatever it was, it's like you guys built this bond that's going to it's going to be a weird bond, but it will always be like some kind of a there will always be some kind of a love, some kind of a relationship there. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I used to tell him all the time, listen, you are me, I am you, we are one, this is us, okay? So get used to it, because this is what we're doing, you know? So it felt good. And even after we were separated, um, he went home the first elimination after we were separated, but the plan even then was, I got you, you got me, and we're going to rock going forward. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom wants to know how strong was the big brother bond going into both seasons that you've played on the challenge so far? Um, and do you feel like it was played up as much on TV as it really was behind the scenes? Like the UK Alliance for contrast is like, you know, it's mentioned every five minutes on war of the worlds. Uh, and you get why, cause you know, the concept of the show war of the worlds, I get it, but seems like you guys are all thick as thieves. I mean, just hearing you and, and Paulie and, and Josh, when he's on our show talking about the, the, not only the bonds that you guys have, but how much you guys talk in the off seasons and stuff like that. Talk about the big brother bond and where that stems from. Now, the Big Brother bond in Final Reckoning was solid. I mean, solid. And it's so crazy because I had not talked to Pauly in two years because I hadn't talked to him since the jury house in Big Brother. I had no words, like nothing. We had no conversation at all. So when we all found out we were going to be on the show, it was like, oh, damn. So I, you know, I'm talking to Jose, and the next thing I know is Jose is like, oh, I done linked you in with Paulie. I'm like, you linked me in with who? Yeah, he wants to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, shit. So Paulie gets on the phone, and we start talking. And we like, me. one thing that I can't say where me and Paulie are very similar, when it comes to this game, we in this thing for this coin. I don't give a damn who I got beef with. It's getting squashed today. If we finna get together and get this coin, we squashing it today. Okay? So we had a long conversation, and then we went on the show. So when I saw him, he gave me a hug. All was good. But then when they came into the the um, redemption house with me and Jose, that's when it really got solid. That's when me and Paulie really were able to sit down and really just talk about all the stuff that happened in the jury house and just clarify everything. And he apologized for what he said to me. And I apologized for the jokes that I made on him. And we just were able to go from there. And as the season progressed, how we continue to have each other's back. Like, I don't care who was in the redemption house. We were always picking Natalie and Polly and I don't care they were gonna pick us like that's just how it was gonna go so in final reckoning it was solid coming into world of the worlds it was not as solid and the reason I think I think me Morgan Josh Julia Liz if she would have gotten on um nah I think Natalie with me was solid I know there was a beef between Natalie and the twins, so there wasn't really anything solid right there. But then with Paulie, Paulie has now attached himself to Kara. That's his woman. And now, you know, he has all of these other people that are reaching out to him. So now he has this alliance with Wes. He has these other allies. And so now it's making it a little tricky, so much to the point where he, throughout this season, was on board. With me going home, Paulie was on board. I done walked in on plenty of conversations Paulie having with Wes where I was going home. But the one thing I will say about Paulie is he had the mentality that y'all gonna send her home, whatever. Just don't, I can't be the one to do it. And whenever I was going into elimination, this is why I will always respect him. Every time I was going into elimination, he would pull me to the side and he would give me a pep talk, like right before we was going in. So I knew, okay, it's my time. 
Davon, prepare yourself. So he had already got me together that it was my time to go. So it wasn't as solid on all points in War of the World, but definitely in Final Reckoning, because we were all we had. We, we were all we had. These are three. Now, first question before I get to these three questions for Mitchell Millionaire. They're all Big Brother related, and I think they're all great. So I'm going to ask all three of them. Do you still keep track of Big Brother? Do you still watch or at least keep tabs on it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I watch all versions of uh, Big Brother, the Canadian version, U.S. version, celebrity version, U.K. version. I watch all of them. Awesome. So first and foremost, Mitchell, uh, Millionaire Mitchell says, um, who else from Big Brother, U.S. and Canada, would you like to see appear on the show? Now, that could be people that you played with or if you're just watching still people who were, say, on Big Brother 20 or a season of Big Brother Canada that you didn't play on that you think would be perfect for the challenge. Now, having experienced the challenge and seeing what works in both spaces oh man there's so many people that i would love to see play this game i would love to see bailey come and play this game i would love to see chris swaggy i would love to see him play i would love to see um uh, i would love to see jason roy come and play this game i would love to see danielle Licky come and play this game i would love to see um Oh my, it's just, it's so many people that I feel would be really, really good at the challenge. Like, because they have that, they have that fight in them. They have that drive in them that they can do this thing. Like, absolutely. Even back to some old heads. I could see Janelle coming to play this game. I could see, um, I could even see Paul coming to play this game. I could see him coming to play. Like, it's, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people that I think should take a shot at it. Now Absolutely. This, this is my question. It's a similar question, but a little bit of a different spin on it. Because I think I would I would put myself in the category of people that ha- have been somewhat surprised with some of the decisions of who they brought over from Big Brother. I mean, right. um, it's not necessarily just one or the other, whether it's like, do you want success? Do you want athletics? Do you want, you know, character? It seems to be they kind of pick and choose. You know, I could make the argument that someone like Victor, you know, doesn't really check the same boxes as you or Jose or, you know, even though he did have success on Big Brother, never really seemed to fit. So to me, kind of an odd choice. Corey Brooks, who was in the running for a while there, I would argue, you know, maybe they're more going for the challenge aesthetic with those guys. I don't know, you know, uh, yeah. similar with the twins. So so for for you, I want to ask you this question. Those are some people you'd like to see on the challenge. Who do yeah. you think just watching Big Brother do you think when when they pop up on the screen, are you like, oh, man, I bet you the challenge is already all over them? Because I've got one guy we actually had on our podcast a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago now that when I saw him on Big Brother last summer, I was like, this guy was made for the challenge. And I'll be shocked if he's not on it by season 35. And I'm a chicken. Brett. Yeah, Brett. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Him, any, any, anybody with that build or that type of, yeah, absolutely. But then you get people like that. I'm not going to say he doesn't have a personality, but do you really remember him for his personality on the show? You know, it's not the dynamic personality of, of you or Josh, you know, it definitely doesn't have that same arc, you know, it's definitely, you know, you get him, you've seen him for about 30 minutes and you get him, you know, and that sometimes is maybe an easier sell for a show that has 32 people to, to put on uh, the, you know, the TV at once. So Right. It's an interesting, you know, difference of the coin. Cause like you mentioned, like a Jason, I'd love to see him too. I just don't know that he's the kind of guy that the challenge would be looking for. Here's another, uh. Well, well Brett's like a frat guy. Like you guys don't drink on Big Brother. That's like the main difference between Big Brother and, and, and the challenge, right? Like. Right. It's one of many, throw, but yeah. 
Throw a couple fucking bottles over uh over the frat guys way and see what happens. And, and see that's a, and, and and that's another and that's another thing. When you start getting that alcohol in your system, you become a whole different personality. So maybe maybe we'll see a side of him that we didn't see. You you could be right. Yeah. Um yeah. this is the same que- uh person asked this question. Do you feel like the challenge has done a good job transitioning Big Brother castmates onto the challenge? Um with some of us, with, 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 with some of us. Yeah. I think, you know, like Paulie, he's going to give you the drama. He's going to give you the competition. I mean, the challenge wins. He's going to give you all of that stuff. Me, I'm going to give you some drama sometimes. I'm going to give you the confessionals. I think I surprised even production with these wins. Cause like I said, I didn't win shit on Big Brother. So, so when I start winning stuff, everybody was just kind of like, well, where'd she get that from? Where the hell did that come from? You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that. And then you have somebody who's like, like Morgan, and we expected her to come in here and be a monster because she's fit. I mean, the girl is fit. Came in here to be a monster. She's fit. She um she won her season a Big Brother, but then she comes in here and it's like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. And the last question from Millionaire Mitchell, Million Question Mitchell, uh, is how would you compare doing a live show like Big Brother? compared to doing one that's taped and they come back, they edit it and they air it a few months later after having teased us with some trailers and you now get to watch it all play out in real time on social media, get involved in discussions if you want to with your fans or stands, if you will. How are the two experiences different? What are the pros and cons of both? Now, see, I love it. What I love about Big Brother is it's live. So if I decide I don't want to watch it, I don't have to. Like, I don't have to watch it. You know what I mean? So I love that. And my two seasons have not watched. Like, when I got when I got evicted from Big Brother 17, I came out and watched the rest of the show. I didn't watch none of my stuff. I didn't watch any of it because I don't like to see myself on TV. So I watched all the rest of it. But season 18 ain't watched not one episode, okay? And so, and then we have the live feeds on Big Brother. I keep trying to put this into the universe. If they get some live feeds on the challenge... Okay, (laughs) and just like kind of cut out like we're not allowed to talk about who won this or whatever the case may be, but just kind of like have those limitations. It'll be a completely different experience. You know, I'm a fan of the live feeds Um, coming out, having to watch the episodes and relive these moments. It's like I'm the type of person I don't hold a grudge. So when something happens, I get over it. It's a done deal. But now I got to come home and I got to put myself back in that mindset because not only do I have to watch it, now I have to talk about it. So I have to relive it and I have to go over it again. And then I don't know what people are saying in their um, confessionals. So not only do I have to relive the situation, I have to relive the shit that you were saying behind my back in your little confessionals. Now I have to, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's, it's a total different feel. It's a completely different feel. I'm that person that like to deal with shit head on. And so to have to come back and watch it months later, it's like, oh, I want to be on the attack. But hold on, because that happened three months ago. So yeah, it, 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 it's, it's different. Derek, do you think you guys could handle live feeds, which is literally a camera and microphones recording you guys 24 hours a day and some dude sitting at his computer transcribing it and blogging about it, every single thing and word that you utter every day in that house? you think you guys could deal with that? Hell I no. Mean- I mean, look, if that's, listen, we go into these challenges and, you know, we've been asked to do some of the dumbest, craziest, awkward things. I mean, if you're just like, I'm going to pay you X amount of money to do, to now just be, you know, to do this live feed stuff. 
I mean, it's not, it's not a stretch. This is, this is what we do. But you forget about it. You're used to seeing the camera in your face and you could turn it on and then you guys know when you get to go breaky bye bye. You know, when you forget that there's GoPros in the corners of the rooms and this and that and you're Man. sitting in an empty room and you don't know that the, the country is watching. I mean, oh my God, you guys would be toast. Well, that's what we're prepped for. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's how it all started. We're going to, that's, 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 that's how the producer popped the question when he called me. He was like, are you still willing to have your life videotaped for the next two months? I was like, fuck yes, sir. But you also come to realize the, you know, when you say something that's real stupid, you know that the challenge gods are going to be like, all right, that's too stupid even for us to put in the show. That's right, going to make everybody right. look bad. But Listen, guess what? You what? say that on a live feed, you know, Colin with uh, challengelivefeed.org has already wrote an article about the dumb thing you said over breakfast. Right, you are already in TMZ and all You're type of shit. You done. don't even know. It's a scary thing. It's, it's, it's a very scary thing. And then, but when we first started doing this, or when I first started doing this, all the dumb things that I said did come out on camera. <laughs> my first season was debauchery of myself because of all the dumb things I did and said. Don't go back and watch my season on YouTube. Okay. Don't because you're going to think I'm the biggest jerk. Um, I think it would, it would, it would have had a similar trajectory to what your bear was. You know, yeah. I, you know, I, I got, I would drink, I would, I would drink too much. I would say things that were, um, borderline, uh, you know, not, uh, not acceptable in, in societal standards. I was essentially the poster boy for certain things in society of what not to do. And later on, you'd see this other side, just like bear that shows a lot of heart, a lot of, a lot of determination, a lot of soul. It's not just this freaking animal. There's right. another side to this animal, you know? And, and, and as, as time went on, I got to watch myself on TV and I was able to, you know, keep what I wanted, like what I wanted to keep and continue putting that on television for, you know, 10 plus seasons or whatever. Uh, and then I was able to get rid of things that I don't like. You could literally watch yourself in a confessional on TV and be like, you know, maybe I should have taken a little bit of that makeup that the producer was at, that the challenge guy was telling me to dabble on my, my red nose spot. You know, it's <laughs> like, what, what are you wearing in that scene? You're wearing shorts, flip flops, and a polo shirt, and you're drinking a 40. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? You know, people are watching this. Your parents are watching this. Yes, eventually you're like, eh. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't wear that. Maybe I should watch what I say. Maybe I should think before I act. Um, you know, now that that's that's what, you know, that's what happens when like that's what happens with the New York cast members. You you bring them on so you can see these explosive personal explosive personalities. Come on, not give a fuck. You know what I mean? Um, as we grow older, we worry about our kids. You know, what they may see, what they may think when they see your parents, you know, us as parents do this stuff. Um, you know, it's different when they see us in an argument where you're like, uh, should I have said that? Uh, what are they going to think when they see me get into a fight with Nelson? Uh, what are they going to say when I, you know, when they look at this video later on? Um, but then again, you go to the elimination rounds and you explain to them it's just a game. Uh, you know, and they, and they, there's the pros and the cons. So sorry. Long story short, live feeds like you we're prepared for anything. 
Yeah. That's all De- I'm saying. Devon, let me ask your opinion ah. on this. Yeah, you've experienced both, right? <laughs> what are what yeah. are the but differences? But it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing because you never know what the hell's going to come out of your mouth and what you're going to do after a couple drinks. Well, speaking but of a couple right drinks. Let me, but see, let me say this, though. You can only wear a mask for so long. And exactly. I'm a firm believer that people go through these audition processes, these casting processes, they wear a mask for who they think the casting director wants them to be. But once you get into that house, and I'm speaking of Big Brother, once you get into that house, and we get drinks too, once you get into that house and you get those drinks in your system, that mask is going to come off because we don't have cameramen coming in telling us, oh, oh yeah, it's time because we're going to put this on tape. No. We got mirrors that have cameras behind them, cameras in the corner, cameras That's everywhere crazy. you go. That is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can't pretend because yes. now you're living in this house for three months. I'm comfortable. I'm at home. I'm amongst yep. my roommates. I'm at home. I'm yep. chilling. So how I really feel is going to come out. And that's why you're able to see who people really are. And that's why I say that they should put them in the challenge house because there are a lot of these challengers that put on a facade when these cameras come and a facade for social media. But if that was there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you really got to see who that person was, oh, man, it's over. Yeah, it's over. It's scary. It's scary. I, I I hear you for sure, for sure. And the scary part is, is you forget, you get so comfortable that you forget that those cameras are there. And yeah, it, it just you, you're just yourself. And like you said, you're pretty much at the mercy of the millions of people that are watching you because you can't right. take it back. And you're right. probably going to have to go and explain what you what you said on, on Twitter and Instagram as much as you want to get away from it. That shit might haunt you for the rest of your life. No, absolutely. you're absolutely right. It's a scary absolutely. thing. It's, I, I'm agreeing. We've uh, we've heard quite a few reviews of a couple different cast members. Bear is one of them. Johnny Bananas is another where it's like, you know, they turn it on for the cameras. But, man, if you just sat down and had a beer with them or heard about their lives, you'd really like them and stuff like that. And that would just have to go out the window if we were watching them 24 hours unless they're going to play the role 24 hours. They can't be doing that. And, you know, we right. heard uh, a bunch of people have said that Bear, when Bear smells that camera, he's, you know, he's Bear, you know, giving you the sound bites being the villain jumping through the poker table and then when the cameras aren't there man sweetest guy in the world really nice guy humble wants to know how you're doing so it's like davon do you think that on a show like big brother where you have the live feeds are people just kind of toning it down a little bit because they have to be the same person 24 hours a day or are you seeing that where you know there's a little bit of a dichotomy to someone's personality during certain moments because on the challenge from what I gather from people who come on our podcast they do talk about a lot of people as in one mode when the camera's on one mode when the camera's off on big brother are do you guys treat it as if the cameras are always on um, with Big Brother, I feel like, you know, literally, I think it was like day two, maybe day three, a stretch. I forgot the cameras was there. Like I was Devon through and through. You know what I mean? And I think once you get in that environment, it's easy to forget because you don't see the they're not visible. Like they do a great job at hiding them. So you don't get to see them. The only time you're really reminded that you're on a TV show is if your microphone isn't positioned correctly and then they'll yell out. Please fix your microphone. Other than that, you forget. Like, you really forget. And you're just hanging out with your friends and you're just there. Like, you genuinely forget. Whereas on the challenge, let's say I'm sitting down having a conversation with Derek, me and you talking, and the conversation get good. Here come three or four camera people and a boom over our, you know what I'm saying? It's that reminder. It's that reminder that that's there. So, yeah, people definitely do things different on the challenge than they do on Big Brother. Because like I said, even and that's very accurate. When the cameras would come around, we would get bare. 
But when we just like chilling, I would get Steven. Same thing with this whole Kyle and Pauly thing. When the cameras weren't around, they were cool. They were laughing. They were cracking jokes. Like, and it was more than just being cordial. They were cool. But as soon as the cameras came around, it's like, oh, we have to play up this love triangle. So let's hate each other. It was weird. It was so weird. It was weird. Um, I don't know how much you want to say about, (laughs) I don't know how much you want to say about what you, you know, could or couldn't do, you know, contract wise, what you'd be allowed to do, but how much has doing the challenge made you want to do big brother again? Does it feel like the challenge is more your speed? Do you miss big brother in any ways? Is it something you'd want to maybe have, you know, a hand in both camps or are you kind of team challenge through and through now? And, you know, obviously, like I said, feel free to say what you can about what you could do, but also just where, where your heart is and how these experiences experiences have made you value one over the other. Oh, y'all know I don't mind talking. I stay getting in trouble for my YouTube videos. No, <laughs> That's my next question, but go ahead. I do. <laughs> I don't care about none of that. So, um, I um I would love to go back and play Big Brother because again, Big Brother is like I love the game of Big Brother, the mental part of it. That's why when they bring people from Big Brother, some of us, not all of us, but when they bring some of us from Big Brother over to the challenge, it kind of shakes up some of the challengers because we're very mental, okay? Big Brother is a very mental game. So yes, you guys train through and through, off season, on season, whatever the case may be. But when I sit you down and I have a conversation with you and I'm picking your brain, I'm always going to have the upper hand. You know what I mean? Because it's a very, three months mental. It's a very mental game, okay? So um I would definitely love to play Big Brother again because that's where my heart is. Like, I love that game. As far as the challenge, the challenge was something I wanted to check off my bucket list, which was why I was not going to do season 33. But again, you had Cara calling me, Josh calling me, Pauly. You had Natalie calling me. The tw- like, everybody was calling me like, Devon, you have to do it. So that's why I went on and caved and did War of the Worlds. But as far as the challenge, I do feel like I'm done. I had a really great season. I had a great season and I'm you know I'm the type of person I feel like I know how to leave on a high note and just you know I know how to leave on a high note you know and go ahead so I would say schedules aside is it something that you or say a Josh or someone like that Paulie even could feasibly do you know trade off do a challenge then do a big brother then do a challenge now schedules aside obviously if they overlap you only can do one or is it something where these companies these larger conglomerates are are playing hardball and they're like no you want to do us you got to be ours for a few years you want to do us you got to be ours for a few years or would they allow you to kind of you know mix and match a bit yeah it's one or the other that's why when i went on and i agreed to do war of the worlds i said okay i'm cutting y'all y'all got to cut me off of this contract right before june because that's when they start snatching folks up for big brother and i need to be able to get on this show if i want to so yeah absolutely you one or the other they want you one or the other yeah. Well, I think as, you know, I don't know if they're going to think like this, but as, I mean, this is something where five years ago, two years ago, even this wasn't even an issue because for the most part, people who were doing Big Brother would sometimes do Survivor or Amazing Race. And all those shows are kind of in bed with each other, but rarely were you guys making the transition to other successful reality competition shows. I right. think as, you know, the door swings both ways. And as this show wants to use this person, this show wants to use this person, these companies can start bartering with each other. They might find a couple years down the line that it's easier just to let people be on as many shows as they want to be on because it raises everybody's profile 
you know. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. They might think that the challenge is just like that weird, obnoxious person that, that, that show that they don't want anybody to be on. But but who knows? You know what I mean? Might like ruin the image of of these other you know glossy CBS shows. But I do have a feeling it'll be a little bit easier on you guys as this becomes the norm. We're really only a year into any Big Brother folks being on a Viacom show, so um, we'll see what happens. Right. I would love to see that transition. Like even like somebody like Jimmy, I would love to see Jimmy play Big Brother. Hundred percent. I would love to see her play Big Brother. I would like to see somebody a damn Marie. Could you imagine Marie on Survivor? Like I would love to see something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, comedy. comedy period so i would love to see that like cbs has this thing where they call it the trifecta if you do that then you're you gold if you did big brother you did the amazing race and you did survivor like you got it you know what i mean so i would love to see them crossing people over and doing different things like like it would be awesome um michael says is there anything you've learned from the challenge that you think would help you if you do go back to big brother besides the drinking <laughs> I learned how strong I really am. You know, going into Big Brother, like I said, I had just had my daughter seven months ago. You know, I'm still in that phase of postpartum of just having my kids. You know what I mean? So I just I'm a lot stronger than I thought that I was. So going into Big Brother mentally, I know I'm sharp as hell. And then, you know, with the, the competitions now after doing the challenges, which are a thousand times harder I think I'd be smooth sailing. I'd probably pull out a win. All right, more with Dave on in just a second. I want to tell you guys about Care of Vitamins. Care of is a subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more personalized just for you and delivered straight to your door. With the winter blues coming to an end, it's finally time to get back into a routine that empowers you to feel your healthiest. Give yourself support this season with a boost. Whether you're looking for energy, yep, looking for that, better sleep, uh, me too, to maintain stress, yeah, a little bit, or something else to help you feel your healthiest. You take an online quiz. It's fun and easy. They ask you about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices. It takes five minutes to find out your personal, scientifically-backed recommendations for vitamins, protein, powders, and more. The online quiz is now new and improved to learn if you're getting enough protein, fiber, good fats to determine if you could benefit from Care-of's new natural protein powders. It can be really hard to know what vitamins and supplements you should be taking. I walk into one of those vitamin stores and it's just endless rows of vitamins and I know nothing. Your personalized Care-of subscription box gets sent right to your door every month, which is great for someone like me who doesn't want to leave the house very often with Brock around with personalized daily packs. That's right. You don't have to remember how many to take. They come already personally packed for you. They're delicious, nutrient-packed, quick-stick powders that can be added to your monthly delivery for an extra easy boost whenever you need it. They offer protein powders available in individual packets for on-the-go and tubs, all personalized. I bet you D wants a tub, by the way. I love it. I love the online quiz. I love Care of Vitamins. I went with the ones that help me help me alleviate some stress. I went with some that help me sleep better. Now, granted, I have an infant in the house, so no matter how well these vitamins work, who knows how much sleep I'm going to get. But still, Care of is a company for me, and I know it's a company for you. For 30% off your first Care of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the code CHALLENGE30. That's right, 30% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter challenge 30. All right, now back to Devon. I bet you she was using some care of vitamins on War of the World. She did so damn good. All right, back to Devon Rogers. Uh, how would you compare the two fan bases? 
Um, we know personally, you know, firsthand how the challenge fan base can be. And I mean, you, I, I'm sure have brought a lot of your fans over from Big Brother as well, but you have such a, a dedicated fan base. When we announced that you were coming on the show last week, I'm not going to lie, within like an hour, it was like 500 likes and, <laughs> you know, and no, and no detractors. That's the thing. Like someone like Cara Maria, I mean, God love her, but you know, you got a lot of people who will be like, Oh my God, Cara, great. Can't wait to listen. And you'll have a lot of people being like, just threw my iPhone out the window, never listening again. So, you know, uh -huh. it's kind of polarized. Whereas Davon, we had you and half of the people who were writing in with questions, their profile photo was you. I'm like, I've never <laughs> seen that before. I'm like, is this all Davon? I'm clicking. I'm like, Oh no, it's all her fans. So talk about that and the fans that you got from Big Brother. And I'm sure some detractors as well. How do the two fan bases differ? The fandoms are definitely, definitely, definitely different. Like, definitely different. The one thing I will say about, you know, I can't speak about other people's fan base. I can only speak about my supporters. Because I don't like to call them fans because I really don't like that word because I'm not a celebrity. I just did a couple of competition shows. Okay, I'm still Davon. So the people that support me, I feel like they're loyal and they're solid. And a lot of them are very, very level-headed. Whereas you have some people in the, and it's not just the challenge fandom, it's the Big Brother fandom as well. A lot of these people worship these people that come on and do the shows. So they feel like these people can do no wrong. So if I put out a tweet and I say, let's use you, Derek, and I say something about you, and let's say you have some people like that in your fandom, they're going to come, well, he can't do this, and he did this, and you're just crazy, and you're just a hater, and you want him to be your rival on next season, and da 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 da, -da. And I'm like, what? I'm not even trying to do no more damn seasons. I'm trying to tell y'all that he really ain't shit. Like, what's, what's the problem? But, you know, it's just... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a def, it's definitely a different feel, but I can say I'm definitely grateful to see the two fandoms merge together and see how they interact because I'm like one of the biggest trolls on Twitter. So it's a lot of the fans that I do follow back because I want to see them interact with each other. I love to see them arguing with each other. That shit is comedy for me. So I love watching that. And so to see the people that support me from the challenge and the people that support me from Big Brother, like, it's, it's an amazing feeling. They all crazy, but they all are like, they're amazing. I love it. Do you feel like Big Brother viewers, uh, if you will, know you a bit more because of the live feeds? Or do you think that they just think they know you better? Um, I feel like they think they know me better. But, and you know what? I think, let me, let me rephrase that. I feel like they think they know a person better. I can honestly say they know me better because I'm very active on social media. And I don't, you know, I don't get on there and just be like, oh, it's, you know, cupcakes, rainbows, and peach cobbler over here. Like, no, I get on there and I talk about the good, better, and indifferent. So they know me as a person. So absolutely, I do feel like the Big Brother people know me a little better because they know me longer. They've known me longer. So they've seen me evolve from damn Davon can't win shit to look at her out here just snatching folks' wigs on the killing floor. Like it's a different, <laughs> you know, it's a different feel. So to, and to see the people, cause they not only watch me, they watch my daughter grow up. Like my daughter was seven months in my big brother intro video. Now she running around here baking cupcakes and shit. And they like, when the hell did she get this big? 
Like it, they've watched her grow as well. So yeah, it's I'm man, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Let's talk about uh, this. Is a question from Vulgar Citizen. Uh, they say your challenge recaps have gotten a lot of tractions. Several traction. Several other challengers do recaps of some kind. Why do you feel that you should no longer do them when clearly people enjoy hearing what you have to say? What happened, Devon? Because you were crushing it. I was loving your recaps. I was loving your commentary. Um, talk about without maybe giving away too much. What went down there? Man, a lot of these people are crybabies, period. Like, they are crybabies. I've, I've come to realize that a lot of people who come on this show like to sweep shit under the rug. And that's why they don't like my ass, because I don't do none of that. No, we finna talk about all this. Everything you trying to sweep under the rug and you don't want to talk about, we finna talk about all this stuff right here. You know, I am a truth serum about myself, too. I've been doing a recap, and, you know, I'll be sitting there talking, and then I'll realize some stuff about myself. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, you was ass wrong for that. Like, you was completely wrong for that. And you'll hear me check myself on camera as well. Like, I'll, I talk about everything. And they don't like that stuff. They feel like, well, if we don't, if we don't, if they don't show it, if it doesn't make the edit, then we don't need to talk about it. And that's why a lot of these people are being worshipped, because they bullshit ain't being exposed until they cast my ass. Now I'm telling everybody's teeth. Or, or until those live feeds start, until they start doing live feeds in the challenge house. Well, that's right. what's interesting about not having live feeds and there being so much on the cutting room floor, you know, uh, you know, without going into too much detail, I mean, have you found that sometimes, I mean, to you, it's all stuff you experience, so you want to talk about it, but when you start going out there talking about things that didn't make the edit or didn't make the show, that then the internet goes and runs with them and wants to, because, uh, you know, it's almost like the stuff that you don't get to see is almost more interesting than the stuff we're getting to see for 45 minutes right. every Wednesday, and you see how much the challenge maniacs gravitate towards and grasp onto something that you might bring up or allude to in one of your recaps that we didn't get to see and then right. just imaginations run wild and then people with a couple t- cryptic tweets and then all of a sudden the biggest storyline of the season is something that didn't even air you know right. so is it something there where it's like kind of like oh man how much fun is this really if the stuff i want to talk about is getting either blown out of proportion or once it does get covered i get told not even to talk about it and it's just kind of a slippery slope and maybe i should just bow out Right. Like to be all the way a hundred about it, like let's, you know, without really talking about it, but let's talk about it. The Johnny situation. Johnny is one of my friends. You know what I mean? So when I spoke about the situation that happened with him and Amanda, I wasn't speaking on it in a situation where I was trying to crucify Johnny again. That's my friend. So I wasn't trying to crucify him. I was just talking about a situation that transpired. And again, I say numerous amount of times it was a joke. There was no malicious intent. Amanda was talking shit and Johnny was basically telling her, shut the fuck up. So it was one of them type of situations. And I'm talking about that on the video. The next thing I know, it's in this blog. Johnny done did this. And in this blog, because Davon Rogers' YouTube video and this, this, that. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> that wasn't the intent behind any of this shit at all. And now, you know, Johnny was pissed at me. And, you know, we're good now. But he didn't want to be my friend no more because he thought I was out to attack him. And he thought I was trying to, like, cruise. And I'm like, it was none of that. It was none of that going on. And so it was just like, I just was like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. And I noticed like, even with things smaller than that, I would say something and people would take pieces from it and upload those pieces onto social media. And now things are being taken out of context because all they're seeing is this little clip. No different than the situation that happened with me and you, Derek. Now all yep. I'm hearing is this little clip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's like, well, shit. Like, no, nah, it was more to it than that. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. one of those situations. Um, 
Let's talk really quick, and then I'll, get, I'll let you go, D, is about the gift that keeps on gifting. You are <laughs> one of the most famous and well-used and most-used gifts on the Internet, my friend. When you came out, you were evicted from the Big Brother house, and you enter out onto that live stage with, like, the most, you know, just glorious <laughs> wa- and graceful walk and smile. And it is used in numerous contexts, but it's just, like, the most common context. If, and tell me if you agree. is just kind of like, this is me walking in to work on a Wednesday. This is me walking in, you know, after this or after, you know, I'm going to do this and, and it's perfect. And it's, I just posted, I said, me, me, me showing up to record today's podcast. And then I put that and we talk about what it's like being one of those. Cause this is such a weird world. We live in, in 2019 where people speak to each other's in, in emojis and gifts and gifts, gifs, whatever you call them. And you will use them. Even if you haven't even seen the movie or the show they come from, I've been using this Ryan Reynolds gif of him, like kind of just like sinking his head into his hands. I just watched the proposal for the first time in my life two months ago, and I see him on the helicopter making that face. I'm like, that's where that came from. So do you have people that are coming up to you or using the gift that, that one day they, they meet you or they find out who you are, and they're like, oh, that's what it is. I've been using that on a weekly basis. Man, first of all, I wish I got paid every time that gift was used, okay? Because right? I would be rich, right? But it's that's so funny. Gift. And thank you. It's so funny. When I got evicted, I came out. And the only reason I had that big smile on my face and I was screaming when I did that walk was I thought America was going to hate me because I know me. I know I'm loud. I know I'm just like, I'm a lot. I know that. So I thought America was not going to receive me right. So when I came out and people were standing up and they were screaming and applauding, I'm like, oh, shit. So I got excited when I came out, you know. And there are people that will see me on the streets or whatever. And I think they'll come in to talk to me about Big Brother. I think they come in to talk to me about the challenge. And they're like, oh, you that girl from the door. You coming out the door. You the girl from the door. And I'm like, the girl from the door. <laughs> and then I have to think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. And then I've had people to ask me to, I've been at a hospital. And I've had this one man come up to me. And he was like, can you just come out the hospital door like that? I just want to record you coming out the hospital looking like that, doing the walk. And I'm like, oh, my hell? gosh. Like, it's just, it's weird. I've had people, are, are you the pretend to be shot girl? Like, yeah, that's me. Why was your room so dirty? First of all, it's the Big Brother house that was in my room. And then, <laughs> like, it's just so much. The, the wait a damn minute, girl. Like, it's just so many things that people take. And, you know, now I'm getting stopped. And actually, the girl was like, get her ass. I'm like, yeah, that, that was me. The eye roll. Like, it's just, it's so crazy what people will take and make into one of these gifts or make into one of these memes. Like it's, it's crazy. It's, I, it, I never would have thought, never would have thought. All right, D, what do you got? I got, I, all I got is thank you so much for these awesome, overly awesome statements. That was like one of the coolest interviews I think we've had, Scott. Oh, um, thank you. Well, you were my vote. She was my vote for funniest commentary. I just want to put that on record. You end up losing to Marie. I think D actually voted for Johnny, but I voted for you. I think you're going to get my vote this year as well in the Challenge Mania Awards thank Day. You. So you're still thank crushing you. it. Well, what's what's your biggest takeaway from this season? What was your favorite moment? What was what was the coolest thing you got to do in the War of the Worlds? Oh, man. Every time I hit that killing floor, every single time I hit that killing floor, it was like this rush that came over me because I'm going to tell you something. I know you see me and I'm like, yeah, I got this, this, that, and the third. Every time I hit that floor, I was scared. I was scared every single time. I was scared because I don't know what it's going to be. So I was scared. And so to go out there and just conquer it, like, oh, my God, like, you did that shit, Devon, you really did that. Like, it felt 
so good because for so long, and it's not even the fans, myself too, because I couldn't win nothing in Big Brother. I was like, well, Big Brother, this might not be the thing for you. Maybe you shouldn't be on a competition show because you ain't winning a damn thing. But to come here and to prove myself wrong, like, that's why I said, this could easily be my very last season because, again, I know how to leave on a high note. And I did not make the final. I did not win the money. But I proved to myself, Devon, you can do this shit. Like, you really can. Like, don't count yourself out. So that felt amazing. That felt really good. And you know what else I think you can do if you practice it or give it a shot? And I don't know if you have yet or not. Um, I think you're, you can swing on a rope and make it from one place to another. I think if you work <laughs> on it long enough... You'll be able to do it. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. I was terrified. Let me answer that, too, because there's a lot of people who have been asking me about that as well. They're like, well, you got higher on the net than Maddie did. So how did you make? First of all, Maddie is a monster. So when she got in that water, she starts swimming her ass off. OK, Maddie swam. She got to the top faster than I did. And she jumped off her rope faster than I did. So granted, I got higher than her. She hit all of her checkpoints faster than I did. That's how she was able to advance. But yeah, it was, it, it's all a matter of conquering fears. And that was the thing with the rope. Like the rope was so tight. It would have carried me over. But every time I let it go, I was like, in order to get over there, I got to cross this damn water. And I don't know why I was psyching myself out to be so scared. Cause on the first one, I jumped off. I jumped off. So it's like, Devon, if you fall, like you've already did this, but I was scared as hell. And then even when I was in the air, my leg was caught up in the rope. So I was scared to let it go because I'm like, this damn thing might cut your leg off. So it was just the whole experience was terrifying. It was it was so terrifying. Well, yeah. one of the things that we'll remember when looking back on this season, we might not remember who comes in fourth or fifth or sixth in this final that's about to start on Wednesday, but we will remember you kicking ass in the killing floor. We will remember the season where you really became a force to be reckoned with on the challenge, even though last season you had a great performance as well. But this is the one where I think people be, uh, became uh, fearing of Devon, at least going one-on-one -on -one against <laughs> you in the killing floor. So thank you so much for joining us. We really thank appreciate you, you coming me. on. Best of luck in whatever is your next endeavor whether it's the challenge season 34 whether it's big brother uh we just we really appreciate you we're rooting for you and i look even if you don't do another season of the challenge this year i think you got that funniest commentary locked up you might have that most approved award locked up and uh yeah happy birthday happy mother's thank day thank you what are you getting thank into for you. the birthday anything special Thank you. I just hung out with family. You know, doing these shows, it takes you away from your family. So for my birthday and for Mother's Day, I just wanted to be surrounded by family. I had family come in from out of town. We just locked it up. Anything you want to plug? I know you're not doing the, the recaps anymore, but anything anything else that you want to plug or, or a content you're putting out there or anything, any brands or any other projects you're working on? Um, I've gotten back into my first love, my first love, which is acting. And so I got some things lined up. So just be on the lookout because, you know, y'all saw me doing some acting this season, but you guys really about to see me like go to work now. So I'm excited about that. That is amazing. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I think I, I speak for both of us when I say we'd love to have you back sometime. And uh, if you want to do a re you want to stop by and do a recap every every now and then on Challenge Mania, you just hit one of us up we'd love to have you and we'll take the yeah, heat for absolutely. it whatever you say yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever you we'll, we'll keep we'll make sure you don't go too far out of bounds <laughs> on the recaps and we'll keep it keep clear of all the craziness y'all gonna keep me together i like that where uh <laughs> Devon, where are you living 
I'm in LA actually. I'm in LA. Yeah. You're not. Well, okay. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk off air. But we're coming to LA on June 22nd. I don't know if you're going to be around, but we're coming to do the Hollywood Improv for Challenge Mania Live. Whether you're there for that one or not, we have to get you on stage with us uh, at some point. Okay. So uh, we're coming back to California, no cow, but we're coming back to California in September. So maybe if the 22nd doesn't work out, maybe the 7th. But let's stay in touch because I know people would love to meet you and see you and. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I'm down. I'm down. Absolutely. Awesome. Take care, Davon. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Davon. Thanks, you guys. We know that you enjoy listening to Challenge Mania in your earbuds, in your headphones, on your speakers every week here at ChallengeManiaPodcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But there is nothing like seeing Challenge Mania live. And we are back on the road on Saturday, June the 8th in Denver, Colorado. That's right. Sunny Denver, Colorado. Not a better time of year to visit the Mile High City. We will be at the Denver Improv for a 1 p.m. meet and greet and a 3 p.m. live show so far we've announced two guests we have more announcements to come but so far we have announced real world austin's nehemiah clark and real world sydney's kellyanne judd you guys wanted old schoolers we got you old schoolers and there are more to come ladies and gentlemen if you've never been to a challenge mania live here's what we do if you come at 1 p.m. we have a pre-show meet and greet you can meet everybody get your pictures taken get your limited edition craig marrier poster signed by everybody there will be pins there will be stickers a 90 minute meet and greet with the cast it is you, it is them, it is intimate We limit these tickets, they are almost gone Then at 3pm we go live On stage at the Denver Improv Comedy Style, we have a live In your face, Challenge Mania style Panel on stage that we end With a 45 minute Q&A, you can be Part of the show, Maniacs It is a one of a kind experience, it does not Go online afterwards, if you want to hear The topics, if you want to be a part Of the discussion, you have to be in the building On Saturday, June the 8th at the Denver Improv with myself, with DKO, with Kellyanne Judd, with Nehemiah Clark, and who knows who else will join us for the first Challenge Mania Live of the summer, of the season. Get on ChallengeMania.live and get your tickets today. That's right, ChallengeMania.live. Come and party with us in Denver, Colorado, Saturday, June the 8th. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. All right, there we go, D. What'd you think? Lived up to the hype, in my opinion. I loved it. I loved it. I, I just kind of felt like I needed to just stay out of a lot of those uh, statements because they're just like very detailed and uh, and strong and uh, it just it was a joy to hear. I, I like her attitude. You know, I'm just got, she's got a very like I'm gonna whoop that ass attitude. You know what I mean? But at the same time, she's very fun and you know funny and you know like re- respectful and uh, just. 
you know, just seems just like an overall, you know, cool person, you know. So I'm glad we finally got her on and, you know, we sort of made an amends there. You know what I took from it when she found out she was going on the challenge? What did she do? She did something similar to what Paulie did. She went and watched every tape she could find on that fire stick. You yeah. know, and that tells me something about her as a competitor and as a person, you know, to not just be like, oh, I'm going to wing it. And I'm just going to show up. But I've never seen any of these people. And that coupled with that amazing character that she is, the amazing commentary she provides, you know, I mean, she just, you, you ask her a question, Hey, what's the deal with you and Cara? And she, and she just goes off in such a, I mean, in an amazing way, just explaining, almost kind of interviewing herself, kind of setting it. And it's, I mean, I just sit we back could, in awe. She's hilarious. We could have, I feel like we could have just went person by person. She could have gave you a detailed, full detailed description of who that person is in, in her view with her experiences and it would have been cool to hear, you know, uh, wish we would have done that. I wish we would have just done that, but well, that's, that's for part two. Cause there's so much to, to discuss with someone who's been on two seasons of big brother, two seasons of the challenge and has, I mean, like I said, likes to talk in the best way possible. So part two, maybe we'll do that. We'll get to play word association, or I guess we'll heard more like, you know, paragraph association, uh, because, you know, we'd hate to cut her down to just one word of feedback on these people. But yeah, we can cut. I mean, we did get our thoughts on bear, on Paulie, on Cara, on Shane. So got a lot of that. You know me, D I'm fascinated by these people who have been on big brother and the challenge and the differences there between like the live feeds and the going away for several months and whether you watch it back and the social media and the differences of the fan bases. So I love to get a little bit of that. Hopefully you guys appreciated that as well. I think you did because a lot of the questions did compare the shows and contrast them. So um, just rave reviews for me all around on Davon. I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And happy birthday to her. Happy Mother's Day. Timing couldn't have been better, as you said, her coming on the heels of that. You know, to me, a very, you know, valiant effort with her and Maddie coming down to the wire there. And then, yes, she is the last person uh, eliminated here before the final. But, man, can she leave with her head held high or what? You know, I think I think so. I think it was a fun season for her, for sure. She she seemed like she loved that killing floor. And I definitely think that you get a lot of praise from going into the killing floor and coming back. And, you know, she went, you know, three and oh this season. And, uh, you know, those, you know, those, those count. Her little girl is going to love seeing that when she gets older. Yeah, we got to shout out our new patrons. And as I mentioned, if you do want to hear us break down last week's episode, her and Maddie going at it in that elimination, Paulie with the epic fail, all that jazz, patreon.com slash challenge mania. If you want to become a member of the pod squad, you get our war room breakdowns of each episode every week. You get our additional bonus content. And I am going to start putting up clips of some of these challenge mania live shows from last year. Now that we are about a year removed from some of these shows, we will be doing that. So that's another reason to become a challenge mania patron as these people thought as well. Here are some new patrons to shout out. Michael Macias, Jesse, Dylan Grimm, KT, Amelia Fitzgerald, Jay Vega, Dawn, Alan Aguirre in the house. What's up? Yo! Stat guy Alan Aguirre, finally. About damn yes. time, Alan. Veronica Gutierrez, Shannon Idison, Tiffany Crenshaw, Eduardo Covarrubias, Coltino Bambino. Oh, I like that name. Coltino Bambino. Love it. I wish that was my name. Whitney Bruscato, Pat Grosso, Joseph Campbell, Steve, Joshua Ackley, Veronica Rodriguez. Thank you guys so much for becoming members of the Pod Squad. Speaking of which, maybe some new Pod Squad gear coming to ChallengeMania.shop soon. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks, guys. Um, okay, guys, turn it off now if you either haven't seen Game of Thrones from last week and this week, or turn it off now if you do not care about Game of Thrones. Feel free to listen if you don't watch Game of Thrones, but you just want to hear D and I talk about dragons and and magic and and wolves and all that good stuff. You can feel free to stick around. But uh, otherwise, we'll bid you a farewell. Want to thank our sponsors for this episode, Poshmark, as always. Care of Vitamins. I love Care of Vitamins. They make it so easy for me to have the vitamins I use every day without having to go to a store and buy five different bottles. They have them individually bagged for me. They cater directly to my needs. Love it. Thank them. Thank you guys for coming out to Challenge Mania Live Denver on the 8th of June. As I said in the intro, it's not just the show on Saturday. We've got an after party for the VIP meet and greet ticket holders on Saturday after the show that we will come by for at least an hour. We're not going to stay all night, but we will come by for at least an hour. Just want to clarify, when it comes to the after parties, look, they are not a guarantee. We cannot have them in every city. We'll have them when we can, and it's not something that is typically included in the ticket. It's all gravy. So in this instance, for the meet and greet VIP ticket holders, you are invited to come party with us a little bit after, but not saying we're going to stay all night. Do not be disappointed if we have to leave and go to something else but that being said come and hang out it's going to be great then on sunday platform strength to work out with d and emily and also a brunch afterward to sweeten the deal all that remember you need the vip meet and greet ticket and there's only a few of them left go to challengemania.live for tickets and then on the 22nd of june hollywood improv los angeles california I'm not, I, that's all i'm gonna say i mean come on does it get better than that tickets are very limited at this point it's a smaller room all right game of thrones time you ready d Let's go. All right. Episode four aired. We never got to uh, break down the episode, but I think it's fine because that sort of bled into this episode, which I mean, come on, right? Now this is the one to talk about. This thing, we just had Daenerys go full on villain on us. She just burned down the whole damn city. I made the joke that imagine if you were one of those people that got Daenerys tattooed on their body over the last course of the last eight years, you thought you were getting like a hero and now you wake up on a Monday and all of a sudden you got Hitler on your leg. That's crazy. That's crazy. It makes it makes you think now. Uh, was yeah. Cersei the better Cersei the better queen? What, which queen were, were we really rooting for here? You know, it makes you think. A Cara tattoo ain't that bad. Um, I mean, look, Cersei at this point, and this is one of the reasons I didn't love this episode is that Cersei, who has been just the epitome of villainy for this whole time, she gets kind of you know mitigated in this episode to kind of just you know standing by a window for the first thirty or forty minutes, and then she's running, and she doesn't necessarily get to play the villain card at all on the way out. You know, she doesn't really do anything. Uh, Danny kind of takes over that role in every sense of the word. And uh, we never really get this entire season besides the, the beheading of Missandei last last episode. We never really got to see Cersei being Cersei, if you will. And yeah, by the end of this episode, D, I don't know about you. I'm rooting for Cersei and Jamie to get out of here on that canoe. You know, eh, I mean, I really I, I wasn't I don't think I was really doing that because then it puts everyone else in harm's way, too. Right. Like if they get away. You know, Danny finds out, you know, then uh, Tyrion gets in, you know, you know, they'll probably find out about Tyrion. I think they'll find out about that either way, just so you know. Okay. Um, So, yeah, because, you know, the Unsullied are still alive. You know, do you think that, you know, the Unsullied knew that, you know, Daenerys was going to keep going? Do you think that the uh, the Unsullied and uh, what's her what's her squad's name again? The Dothraki? Yep. You think it. that they knew that they were just going to kill everybody? You think they knew or? Dude, I mean, here's the thing, right? So the plan was they ring that bell. You're, you know, you're, they're throwing in the towel. Hey, let's, let's try to limit the amount of people who have to so die. So you're rooting for Jamie to get to the bell. Like at this point, the plan is working, right? Like, I feel like we're going backwards here, but 
uh, I but feel Jamie like- didn't even need to get to the bell. The, the, the town rang the bell. You know, like Cersei essentially rang the bell. Like, like they gave up. It wasn't even like Jamie gave up. Well, they didn't show. They didn't show who rang the bell. It's not, it was the bell over in, in where Cersei was at. Somebody rang the bell. I, I I get the feeling that it was Jamie that got to the bell. No, so no, the plan no. worked. It wasn't in Jamie. Time. Jamie did not get to the bell. Okay. Yeah. No, because Jamie never got to the bell. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, someone it else. Doesn't, it doesn't show. It doesn't show who they got would, to. But, the but bell. that's what I'm saying. Is if it was Jamie, they would have shown it be Jamie. Yeah. You know, um, but so, I mean, the point here is this, right? And you tell me if you like this or if this bothered you, but we've spent eight seasons building up Daenerys and I get that she's this gray area character where look, you know, she's very power hungry in a lot of ways and she was mistreated a lot of ways in her youth and her family was essentially exterminated and, and you know, a lot of bad things have happened to her recently. Her dragon was killed. Her best friend was murdered, etc. But over the course of essentially three episodes here, we just turn her into Darth Vader. And to me, it's like, I don't know about that. Like, you know, and even watching this episode play out and watching that dragon just go around, burn everything down. It reminded me of like when you're playing a video game and that kid just like will not play the video game the way it's supposed to be played. Like he just wants to just like shoot the flamethrower, burn everything. You're just like, come on, Chet, try to play this stupid game here, really? And like, you know, she's just going and burning everything and murdering kids and left and right. And and then, you know, on the ground, you got the, the, the Dothraki and the Unsullied and equally so. They're just murdering people left and right. You had the one soldier who was trying to uh, assault a woman there that John had to step in. So... Um, really just, just evil, just be, you know, or the traces of good becoming evil on a dime there and almost at the flipping of a coin to use Varus's analogy there. Uh, is, are you okay with that? You know, well, well, you, you would imagine that there was probably some sort of a conversation with Daenerys and all of her most loyal followers, right? Because at this point, you know, Jon Snow is not a loyal follower. Varys is not a loyal follower. Tyrion, everybody that knows that that Jon Snow is the true heir to the throne is it, 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 is essentially an enemy to to Danny at this point. So you would think that Danny's probably having a conversation with the Unsullied, Dothraki, and uh, all of the uh, and 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 that message is pa- being passed down to to all of Jon's guys and everybody else that we are going to kill everybody. Everything is going to freaking die. And, you know, uh, with the understanding that, you know, Tyrion and uh, Tyrion and and Varys and and Jon Snow are under the same, uh, you know, uh, under the same cloud of understanding. Right. That this is what's going to happen. Now, on on the flip side, you say, are you okay with this? This is very Game of Thrones like. This is what the show is about. Right. I haven't elicited. I haven't felt the. The, the 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 solicitation of emotions like I have in this episode since the red wedding, right? Like I felt, you know, like these you felt these people. No, you know what I mean? Like you you felt like kids are being burned. That then you have Arya like trying to save the woman that saved her, and then she gets burned. Her child gets burned. You know, like there are all these like. I woke up like I felt like I was in a nightmare, like I did something wrong. Shows don't do that. Movies don't do that. This is like, you know, one of the most, you know, insane things we've seen in television ever. You know, uh, it's it's the person that we've been rooting for to get to the Iron Throne because she's been treating people so good that she's, you know, you know, the, the breaker of chain, the, the breaker of chains, the mother of dragons, you know, the, the freer of, of all. Now she's like the murderer of all people. Right. 
the murderer of thousands, the dragon. You know, it's like now what happens, right? Like she could just go and burn, you know, the Starks, you know, Winterfell, right? That's that's what's next, you know. Who's actually left on Jon Snow's side? Uh, I mean, we got a lot of people never even went to King's Landing. So remember, so we still have Jon, we still have Arya, we still have Brienne, we still have uh, what's Baratheon? Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, the Baratheon with the you know Baratheon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, the, the, Gendry, the King's Blood. Gendry. Guy. Sorry, Gendry. I forgot his Gendry. name. Gentry. 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 Okay. Not Gentry, like Alvin Gentry. No, it's, it's uh, Gendry. Um, you know, you have all those guys. You got Bran, obviously. You got Sam. You got uh, Tormund, albeit not in the same place. But so Yeah, you but have... she's got the dragon, and then she can just go and burn them all alive, too, because they well, all be know. On... Yeah, but see, but D, let, let's be honest. Hypotheticals are sort of unnecessary here because we have one episode left. So you so got to imagine. So what's she going to do? Go land the dragon and make peace with everybody? No, I'd imagine this episode is going to be them kind of ousting Daenerys, so whether she gets... Uh, you know, murdered and, and assassinated or, you know, decapitated, whatever, you know, or they just like condemn her or whatever it is. Like, I, I'd imagine this, this thing is not going to end with Daenerys what? on the throne and everybody else just, you know, shish kebabs. What throne? There is no fucking throne. Though everything's burned down. There's yeah. nothing left. So did you pick up on this? So at the beginning <laughs> of this episode before Varys is uh, exterminated. You know, he's got this little girl, Martha, that he's asking uh, how to go. She's like, oh, she didn't eat again. You know, he goes, all right, we'll try again at supper. So I get the feeling, and a lot of other people get the feeling, that maybe he was trying to poison Daenerys via this girl, Martha. So maybe oh. that plan is still in motion. Maybe he, uh, when he put his rings in his... Uh, in the the cup right before getting picked up, maybe he was leaving a little uh, little uh, prize for Martha if she does complete. Maybe she gets to turn those, you know, melt them down into some gold. I don't know about that part, but what I know that's is that crazy. you that's know that's crazy. one theory about how Daenerys could go down. You got Arya who could still change her face, so maybe she changes into somebody. Maybe she rolls up like uh, homeboy. What was his name? Um, you know, uh, the guy that Daenerys had a romance with. Maybe, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Actually, I'm Arya. Boom, gotcha. You know, maybe something like that. Uh, maybe I mean, John. Those, are, those, those are extreme body. Those are ex- extreme body differences. Maybe, yeah, but dude, sorry to she, shut that one down. She didn't look like Walter Frey either, uh, or whoever she turned into when she killed Walter Frey. Um, I will say also, John has has the potential if he, you know, could turn on those acting chops. Maybe he could make uh, Daenerys believe that he does have a thing for her again. Yeah, obviously come on. in this last episode. You know, she said, am I just your queen? Uh, wink, wink. Really what she yep. meant was like, are you are you going to give this aunt, uh, nep- aunt nephew thing a chance or no? Um, so maybe that's the way in. Who knows? I think Tyrion's in trouble. I think that regardless of whether they found the boat or not, he went up to the guard and was like, I'm her hand. So give me my brother. I want to talk to him. So she's probably finding out about that. I don't know if Tyrion's getting executed or not, but that's definitely going to be something in motion this episode. You see in the trailer that they show Danny ruling the kingdom. I think that's short lived. I think about half the episode is going to be her in power. And then how do the good guys get out of it? They probably get out of it. And then the last half of the episode is going to be fallout. We see how they, they wrap this thing up. And I have, my prediction is that no single person's necessarily on the throne. I think you're going to have Lords of Winterfell and Lords of the Vale and Lords of, of, uh, you know, what are they adorn and, and this and that. Maybe you get what's his name is even representative for the wildlings torment. So, you know, I think we're going to end with a form of democracy here. D it's all hashtag for the throne. I think all that's out the window. I think we're, we're going to, this is going to end with the, the building of a more of a, a government system here is what I'm thinking. Little did I know that when I joined Kaiser Permanente that it would be on my top 10 list for what has made this year great. 
I can see my physician, I can be referred to the lab, I can then be referred to the pharmacy, all in the same building. You, you've got it all. I mean, it's, it's quality of care, it's compassion of care, it's convenience of care. It's true. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. I just don't see how there's going to be any rational behavior going forward, you know, after literally burning innocent Well, from her, I think her, I think she's done with rationality for sure. But I do think that in this finale here, I think we're going to get rid of, you know, irrational Danny, uh, which it sucks that that's what she's become. But yes, that is what she's become. And I think we are going to end with rational Bran and rational Sansa and rational uh, you know, Tyrion and the people who are left, I think, salvaging this thing. That's my do prediction. You, do you think they're going to kill the dragon? Do you think that, like, Bran is already, like, seen everything that's happened and now he's sort of, like, preparing everyone at Winterfell to shoot this dragon down right as it, it like, you know, rolls Bran, up? Bran might be able to become the dragon. You know, maybe he becomes the dragon, puts him in a oh. cage, whatever. Maybe they keep him there like a, you know, a, a zoo exhibition. Maybe that's how they raise some money to refurbish King's Landing. But <laughs> I, I don't know what they do with the dragon. You're right. And, and the dragon, I mean... Yes or no? Did you like this this last episode? Take away yeah, the spectacle. I, I, like of it. I, mean, I know you love these battle episodes, but like do. logistically, do. do you like that? That two episodes ago we had uh, we had this dra- one dragons flying around gracefully uh, above the water, and he gets shot three times and he's dead. And then this dragon can avoid forty different spears and kills everybody in about an hour. Like the difference there in the dragon's capabilities, I thought was a little bit, all right. Well, 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 maybe Dick, Dick, or her dragon is a little bit more stealth mode than the dragon that got killed. You know, there could be stronger. One could be better. The bigger brother could be stronger than the little brother. I mean, it happens. Yeah. I thought a lot of this episode was a little bit just too convenient. I think a lot of it was too haphazard to me. A lot of it was kind of unearned. And to me, it's like eight seasons. I've been waiting to see who kills Cersei, how Cersei going to die. And like, really Barney rubble is what kills Cersei. Really? Like, I do think it's poetic that her and Jamie went out together, but like, really, they just like, you know, like they're essentially just a bunch of, you know, I get that the city, you know, the city and the castle that they worked so hard to obtain fell on them. I get the visual metaphor, but really, you know, the hound and the mountain, really, they just fall out of a window together in the fire. Like, I would have rather the Clegane Bowl have some well, stakes well, to well, it. Whoa, 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 I don't think it just went down like that. First of all, with the whole Cersei and Jamie Lannister thing about to escape on the boat and just, like, boat away, it was like I felt like I was suffocating in that scene. I felt like I could not get out. I felt like I was stuck. And it's not like I want these people to live. It's just I felt like – I felt like I couldn't get out. Like it was the end for me and I had nothing to do with me. It was like these characters cannot get out. And we've seen this multiple occasions, you know, throughout, throughout the series that, you know, people get into precarious situations and they're going to die and somehow they get out. This time I was like, dude, I'm stuck. I'm not getting to the boat. I can't go up. I, I'm stuck. I felt like I was suffocating. Then you want to talk about the battle between the two brothers, the, the mountain and the hound? First of all, Cersei's hand got thrown at a wall, and it's I believe his brain came flying out. And you get okay? what that was supposed to be, right? Because he's the guy who created Frankenstein's monster. So it's basically like, you know, the creator of this monstrous evil ends up dying at the hand of his own creation. So, like, I appreciated that to a certain degree. You yeah. know, if Kyburn was going to die, who who kills Kyburn? 
The mountain? Yeah, that's a little, that's and, poetic enough for me. I dig that. And, and here's the thing. I don't know if the mountain is dead. Since oh, come on. he pretty much, he got stabbed in the eyeball, okay, survived. He got stabbed through the heart, survived. Um, I mean, is it possible that he doesn't get burned? Maybe. With all those chemicals, did you see the chemicals too uh, blowing up? I know that that dude had like some sort of a uh, wildfire. Uh, he well, he had he had chemicals underneath underneath the uh, underneath the the underneath the Iron Throne, underneath that kingdom, right? Like mm-hmm. it, there's chemicals under there where he created that dude, created the mountain, and you saw the green. You saw the green popping up with the fire. Yeah, I mean, they clearly have some wildfire reserves hidden around King's Landing. All those went up in flames as well. Look, I I don't think there's a lot of survivors there. That whole thing is just, you know, just put to dust at the hands of Daenerys. So you liked it. So you're okay with what the turn that this thing took. You're okay with the direction the show has gone in. You're okay with, I mean, we only have one episode now left, but looking back on how this show ended, you're you're okay with how this landing has been stuck, uh, D? Well, well, I, I'm just saying it's you, like there is no other show, no other movie that you can go out and say that y- you felt like this is absolutely terribly wrong. This is not what was supposed to happen. Like the and 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 we've known this about the show. And were we still ready for this? We know this about the show. The opposite always happens, right? We're like fuck. The opposite always happens in this show. And it happened. And were you mentally and emotionally prepared to see Daenerys do what she did? I was. I actually was. Like I, I, I you know, we didn't get a chance to record last week. It's probably a good thing because I, I, you know, about an hour before we watched this episode, I almost predicted exactly what happened to Lindsay. So, uh, you know, people might have been like, "Oh my God, you ruined it for me." Um, I, you know, I almost did. No, I knew this was going to be what happened. It's the extent to which it played out. Like, you know, I know that they kind of maybe had to go all the way with it so that like a viewer, every viewer to the T would be against her at the end of this thing. I just thought it was a little gratuitous. Like it didn't, they didn't earn a lot of this action for me. So even though I knew it was going to happen, I secretly hoped they did a better job of executing it. Look, stylistically, craftsmanship wise, the show is very well done. They do build tension very well. These sequences are fantastic to look at, fantastic to watch. I just thought a lot of this was unearned as far as I'm concerned. And like looking back on it, I didn't really have, you know, you compare it to the Red Wedding. The Red Wedding was like, oh my God, I never knew they would have the balls to do that. I didn't see that coming. That was incredible. I can't believe those characters are gone. Wow. But it was like, oh my God, that feeling I had in my gut and I appreciated it. This I saw coming at least for a few weeks now and kind of just like had a bad feeling, but not in an artistic, oh my God, I can't believe they managed to do that way. They sort of just like, you know, it's it's almost like if you were watching a movie in a movie theater and the power went out and you had to leave, and you didn't get to see the ending. Like, yeah, you'd be pissed, but not because they wrote a good movie. You you'd be pissed because the power went out, and you didn't get to see the end of the movie. That's how I feel with this. I don't feel as if they crafted this amazing thing that made me feel bitter and made me feel like all oh, Game of Thrones. They always do what you don't expect. This was almost like expected. Like it was almost too easy for the way that they did it. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to give them credit for doing the games of Thronesy thing here. Cause I don't think the execution was in line with some of those other moments. I really don't. 
So, um, and the Clegane Bowl, which is what the insiders, the real Game of Thrones nerds, that's what we call the battle between the hound and the mountain that everyone's expected since season one is Clegane Bowl. Both of them are Cleganes. Um, to me, I, I was hoping it would happen with a little bit more stakes in the same sense that, you know, you remember when the mountain went up against the Viper, it was that if the Viper won, you know, Tyrion would be set free. And if the mountain won, Tyrion would be put to death. There were real life stakes to it. You know, um, this happened literally in the middle of Armageddon. They're probably both going to die anyway, and they both die at the end. So it was almost like, yeah, it was cool to watch them duke it out a little bit, but it had no stakes for me. That's the yeah. thing, ultimately. Well, and I thought, and I thought Jamie, I thought the battle between uh, the Kingslayer and uh, Greyjoy, Euron Greyjoy. Oh, so I thought, stupid! I thought Euron was totally going to win. Unbelievable! Uh, and stupid. then he did win. And then Jamie didn't die, and somehow he comes back and and, and wins. Can I rewrite you know, so. that scene? How much better would it have been? If and I know it's ridiculous that they burned out, you know, she burns down all these ships and all these uh, bow and arrows or, or whatever they are, crossbows, and the only guy to survive is is uh, what's his name, uh, Greyjoy, and he washes up on the same beach that that uh, that Jamie's on. Say he survives. Let's make that make a little bit more sense. I would have had him get back to Cersei. I would have had Euron with Cersei. And then Jamie confronts him there, and I want to see Cersei choosing Jamie over Euron. Oh, you know? good one. That's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see that uh-huh. confrontation happen in front of Cersei. Yeah. You know, what's the point of building up all this stuff with Euron and Cersei when all this stuff happens without Cersei even there? They get into a fight on a the beach. They stab each other a few times. And I'll give credit to Rob's sister Nino, who does a good uh, recap podcast of Game of Thrones. He's also a survivor guy. They were talking about how that fight between him and Jamie was one of the worst choreographed fight scenes I've seen on the show. It made such little sense. You know, it seemed like Euron had him. He stabbed him a few times. Jamie's about to die. And then Euron just kind of lets him go and grab the sword that ends up killing Euron. It made no sense. So I hated that. That seemed like it was just kind of thrown together. They were like, how can we have two important characters kill each other off? Like, I was, I don't know. I did not like that at all. Missed opportunity. Complete waste of time. The entire Euron Greyjoy it seemed like they just needed somebody to be able to shoot down a dragon and they needed like a uh, like an evil male presence next to Cersei. Like it just what what a waste. waste. I, I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought that I thought that once she sat down, they rang the bells. Uh she, you know, what's her name? Daenerys sat down with the dragon. I thought the I thought the dragon was going to get shot one one more time and that you know, I thought that that was going to be like the end, the oh fuck moment, shit, Cersei's still going to be on top. I thought Cersei was still going to be on top, you know what I mean? And then Daenerys went went nuts. And you know, despite how you feel about this ending of the ending of this movie, I thought it was a great movie per se. Um but you know, it ends with the white horse, Arya, and the white horse just like being there, ready for her. That's got to be Bran, um, right? That had to be Bran controlling oh, that horse, one. right? Good, good one. I, I don't know. I like, I like it. I like what you've just said about you know, Bran maybe controlling the dragon, Bran controlling the horse, and then because that was the white horse from the guy who was at the front of the gate at the beginning. So how does that horse get all the way to oh, the inside, I didn't right? Know Unless that. there's a guy controlling him. Um, did you catch Aaron Rodgers' cameo? I, I heard about it. I did not catch it. He gets blown up. Um, not to say it, it was probably the best cameo that someone's gotten, but 
I, yeah, I, I mentioned it on Twitter. It's like kind of a red flag of how serious these guys are taking this show when it seems like any celebrity or athlete who just wants to be on the show can kind of force his way onto the show. We've had Noah Syndergaard, Ed Sheeran, the drummer from Coldplay. Like, I don't like that Game of Thrones has become like fantasy camp for actors and athletes. Like, oh, you like Game of Thrones? Yeah, we'll get you guys in there. Yeah, you could be somebody you, in the background. Like, I wish get, there was a little bit cool. more integrity. If, if you don't like it, can you try to get me on it? Dude, I I'll think, do it. I don't think I think the only way you should be able to get on Game of Thrones is by being the best person in the role to be on Game of Thrones. You know, I don't <sighs> like that. I don't like that these really important scenes have essentially, you know, they're just putting. Oh, you know what? Let's make Aaron Rodgers that guy. Like, why? Why do you want to take me out of that? Like, I know that you can't really see his face that much, but like. I'm supposed to be lost in this world that you created. I'm watching some of the most important characters in this in this world that you created die in front of my eyes in an 80 minute spectacle, and you're showing me the Super Bowl MVP running around that I clearly know is a Super Bowl MVP. You've got a guy who just won a Grammy Award two weeks ago talking to Arya Stark in a scene. Like, way to take me out of it, bro. Like, really? That's how much you care that you're willing to put a, a, a Grammy winning pop star in a scene with Arya just because he likes the show? Get out of here, guys. Come on. Take they look seriously. like they could fit the part. They look like they could fit the part. Anyway. Whatever, dude. They fit the part, uh, but they're they're too name me a person to a T on this show, seasons one through eight, besides these goofy celebrity cameos. Name me one person that was bigger than the show, fame wise. Not even Sean Bean, who played Ned Stark. Did you even know his name was Sean Bean? You might have said the guy from Lord of the Rings, the guy who looks like Triple H. He's not a household name. Aiden Gillen, he was on The Wire, sure, who plays Littlefinger. But Sophie Turner, you know, uh, Maisie Williams, Jon Snow, played by Kit Harrington, all these people became celebrities because of Game of Thrones. Nobody ever showed up season one and you were just like, man, it's kind of hard to picture Damon Wayans, but yeah, I guess it's Damon Wayans. You know, like they never had anyone who was too famous for the show. And then all of a sudden, left and right, you're casting these weird celebrities in extra background roles just because they want to be on the show. Get out of here. Aaron Rodgers, are you kidding me? Anyway. I think I'm just pissed yeah. off at everything they do these days. Sounds like it. Sounds like a, a segment of Scott's pissed. But anyway, uh, if you guys are still listening to this and you either like Game of Thrones this this past week or like the season, tweet us. Let us know at Shot of Jaeger at Derek MTV. Let us know if you agree with Derek or you agree with me that it's they're a little bit of lost their way here um, as we've gotten further and further from George R. R. Martin's source material. Let us know. We'll wrap it up there. But on a positive note, Game of Thrones might have not been the greatest thing in the world for me. But I thought that episode of Challenge Mania we just did with Davon was fantastic. Yeah. So remember to let her hear it as well. On Twitter, you can find her at day Davon um, at day Davon underscore, uh, and let her know that you liked her on Challenge Mania. She was a great guest, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys at the live show yeah. soon. We got another good guest coming. Do we want to tell him who the next guest is or not? Nah, we'll wait. No, should we no, tell no. him? Maybe on the Patreon, we'll tell him. I don't know. Whatever you want, what doesn't matter. Well, you can announce her too. Uh, coming up, you can announce her. She's ready to be. You I mean, know, she's the last big female rookie to have on this show i would say um you know i think is she the last remaining finalist um we haven't had turbo on but uh last remaining female finalist uh who hasn't come on challenge mania because we've had cara we've had maddie and we've had ninja natalie the last remaining female finalist will be our next guest we'll leave it at that they can figure it out Scott, I'm gonna go win a. I'm gonna go help these kids win a tough like football championship. Good luck, good luck, little D. You go win that title, all right? Be humble in in victory, though. Make sure you uh, give those high fives afterwards. Peace. See you later. All right, guys, this ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully, we'll see you in the future. 
Have you ever wanted to do your best impression of CT carrying Johnny Bananas around like a backpack on Cutthroat? Well, now you can with the M-Pack, the fully functional backpack that doubles as a weight training pack. And our girl Emily Schramm is nice enough to hook up Challenge Mania listeners with 15% off your entire order. Just go to www.thempack.com mania and enter the code mania at checkout. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Scott, who do you think I am? Leonardo Decathlon? I'm not ready to carry an M-Pack full of weights yet. I sit around listening to U&D all day and watching Vendetta's trailers. Well, M-Pack also has really cool-looking gear as well. They've got soft, comfy sweatpants, a really dope hat, t-shirts, and some other gear that looks good on everyone and makes awesome gifts for the active person or challenge fan in your life. So if you want to show some love to one of the nicest challenge competitors around, Emily Schramm, and support the Challenge Mania podcast, all while scoring some sick new threads, workout gear, or backpacks in the process, go to www.thempack.com mania. And remember to use the code mania to get 15% off your whole order. Not 10%, we're talking 15% off. Anybody who cops some gear sends D&I a pic of you sporting it, we'll be sure to retweet you, shout you out on the show, and show you some love. 